Welcome to Date Warcry Club. I'm Warren, and today I'm joined by my co-host Fred, as well as special guests Mike Sansom and Rob Viscomi. Today we'll cover our last bits of tournament coverage for the year, as well as a little bit of a year in review and a preview of events on our radar for next year, all coming up on this episode of Dayton Warcry Club. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's it's up? going well. Yep, just rocking and rolling. Good to be back on. Excited to, to get to chat with Fred this time. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a lot to cover here, and I'll probably do some other transitions here in post, but uh, we're going to skip straight to the lists. Lists. Yeah, there's all, get rid of all this garbage. I want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we've been waiting for, for for literally months, months on end. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we'll get started with our event. We had a small event in Dayton, just four players. So we just did round robin. But Fred's our local champion, still protecting his undefeated streak locally. And he took KO this time. We used some Salty Sea Pack missions here. I don't think I got them written down. But Salty Sea missions are great, too. Yeah, they are. They really changed the way I uh, want to play the game. Totally. So he had... So this is kind of... Fred's standard list here, Arcanaut Admiral, the 275-point Endron Master with the dirigible suit, Company Captain, Thunder with Mortar, Thunder with either Cannon, and five Arcanauts with Pistols, 1,000 points, 10 models. And Fred, we've talked about this list or about KO in general multiple times in the past, but just kind of call it the high points here. Like, what makes this different than some of the other ones that we've seen on, around online? So, so I like, I like KO a lot. It's a departure from my normal, like, ground and pound, like, Nurgle demons <laughs> lists that I've been playing pretty extensively since 2.0, um, which replaced my beloved spiders from, from 1.0. But there's, there's, KO is so deep. There, there are so many loadouts and to surround your core of, like, just your super efficient Arknots with. The, that I've been tinkering with it a lot. The big takeaway is I like Arknot Admirals a lot. I like having a source of fight for profit in every deployment group. So so three leaders is is something I always am going to build with. The kind of um, flex slots in the list would be between the mortarer, the mortar, and another Aether cannon. The I like the mortar is just sort of your like against a wide open like an unexpected an unknown field i like the mortar for its ability to like give like chaff models from from really good distance pretty consistently but the aether cannon is probably where i would go in the future is is cutting the mortar and bringing a second aether cannon and i've been toying with the engine master slot i like the move tent flyer but in a list that's just designed to be really efficient it's really I think I'm probably spending too many points there. So I've been looking at like triple Admiral, triple Aether Cannon lists. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or downgrading the Tim to like a Mizzen Master to keep the flyer. There, there's there's a lot of ways to go with it. The, the big core is you want a lot of pistols and I like all of my units to shoot. I don't like the engine master on the like the ground pounding engine master, and I don't like spears in these kind of lists. I don't like getting units tied up in 
melee with all your other guys like not able to shoot in. So I like all my units to shoot. I love standing back and like just shooting with my admiral. And then if people try to charge my mortars, he's he's a good melee fighter. Yeah, just kind of an all-around list, but definitely designed to to stand back and shoot as much as humanly possible. You just want triple, triple, triples, pound it, fight for profit, and you know, grind it out in the shooting phase. How did the how did the dirigible suit and the the mortar feel? Chucking those, you know, low low dice but pretty heavy impact with the the three six damage profiles on them. I, I like the big gun on the engine master because like the list is like generally kind of like a mass fire list, right? You need to get a lot of shots off to do any damage with with a lot of the units. Uh, yeah, but playing against it, the gun does a lot of work, especially because like if engine master is the guy popping uh, fight for profit. Mm-hmm. then boom you typically have this was on, we played on objective mission or treasure mission so yeah you have access to a four five three six shot which is super strong That's and then brutal. also the other thing to keep in mind is that the the mizzen master only has 20 wounds and you're running him into combat and 20 wounds is okay but it's not going to stand up versus something way bigger that going from we'll talk about this in, in the next the next list as well going from 20 to 25 wounds is a kind of noticeable bump in survivability yeah i, I like that I, I i don't like to keep it i mean you you kind of waste his his melee profile i mean you're spending points on it and he always wants to kind of like be moving and shooting but I, again I, it, it's where i would consider making changes I, I just because of the sheer amount of points i think you can go to 11 models um and and maybe downgrade that you really don't I'm like, I've been playing the game since 1.0 and I still have this like lingering doubt in the back of my mind. Like I still really want that speed somewhere in the list, but a lot of times you just don't need it and you pay a lot of points for it. So there's still some work to be done between now and Adepticon, but obviously the core uh, KO is just inherently a strong faction. I agree with that. I think the speed thing's an interesting point, right? A lot of 1.0 promoted speed now now it's almost like we're building to attack the pack the mission packs that we're going into so if you didn't have a need for a treasure grabber or a need for like a dragon piece or anything that's crazy fast with flying what do you think he's he'd be replaced with you said you drop him down and take up like two more models would that yeah. just be something else in like a pistol or because 275 is a lot you know and like looking at ko stuff that's a lot of toys you could play with. Yeah, I think that like the, the first list I looked, the, the first, after the event, the very first thing I did was sketch up like knocking him down to another Admiral, which frees up 135 points. And then with that, with those points, you can just straight in add another big gun, like bring in a, another Aether Cannon and have like 25 points left over, which is a little awkward because that mm-hmm. means can't downgrade your mortar to another Aether Cannon and get enough points for another pistol. But you could just add the Aether Cannon, move the mortar to another Aether Cannon, free up 45 points, and just take a look at what blessings you might want to play with. KO isn't like the most blessing-friendly faction because so many of the blessings are like improving your melee fighters or survivability in melee. And KOs like your survivability is like staying out of combat. Like adding <laughs> adding wounds and toughness like doesn't do a ton to your survivability. 
you just kind of want that strength to be able to hit more consistently probably yeah. and it's, it's just hard if you get left with 10 points somewhere you basically can't use it because i think you can only chuck it into crits but that's only on melee so you literally yeah yeah, yeah. So you end up with like 45 points and you're like i don't know what i'd do with that i could upgrade my company captain to a what's the 135 leader I don't know. There, there's ways to go. It's not the gunnery sergeant who I don't like that much anyway, but either um, chemist, the chemist. Yeah. Just roll tons of dice. Just roll tons of dice. Oh yeah. He's like the sixth dice guy, right? Yeah. He, yeah. He but he's a, closer range though. He has no right. minimum, which is awesome. So he could fire into engaged, which would solve that issue for him. But he's also like, he's like six dice, three strength or something crazy like that. Yeah. So yeah. I looked at a list. It was like, okay, what if you put a chemist in there, cut a pistol and added the strength? blessing to him and roll like six strength four dice there's i mean like i said the faction is outrageous there's so many weapon loadouts that are all like kind of compelling there's also the 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 leader from the underworld box bjork thundrick who mm -hmm. is somewhat interesting you can also spend some points and take an unnerfed volley gun yeah, uh, Enric Ironhale yeah, uh, on that box is uh, like an OG volley gun that was not nerfed when volley guns got nerfed. So there's places to spend the points. I think the big thing is say if because most of the event, my engine master found a, a high point and didn't move the rest of the of the time. He shot from a decent vantage point, and if you're going to do that, you can just do that in the deployment phase and save 135 points by just deploying into good firing lanes get another admiral in there who I really like, and then you can you can play around with the points from there. It's just and wild to me. Really 275. Sorry, what did you say, friend? Oh, I was just saying, I like Enric Ironhale. Like, I keep coming back to looking at that. Like, volley guns <laughs> are so good in, in 1.0, and, like, having access to one. It's expensive, but... And I think there's only there's only two factions that can like really counter off on this. One being the new season Sigmar cast lights, and the other one is mirror match versus KO. So you don't really mind chucking low strength dice, ton of them, because you're not really you're not really taking that damage back. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I, you know, 1.0, I played spiders at the end, and that's when you fall in love, which is rolling a million dice. Yeah, so, uh, one. But they one, eight dice. Yeah, eight dice. Yeah. Per <laughs> <laughs> like 35 point model that each got roll eight dice it's back back when they didn't understand how the game worked they're just like yeah no bro, just lots of dice will be fine <laughs> and there was no counter mechanic in the game either at the time so like, it didn't even matter you just go in there and roll 16 dice and like you crit them like four times and like you'll damage with your 30 point model to whatever toughness didn't matter but yeah, these guys will just wear you down with Drew. I mean, Arknots with pistols are outrageous for their point cost. That's kind of a pretty known factor, I think, in the game right now. Yeah, just, you know, dwarves. And they're they're just outshoot everything. I haven't played them against Castellites. I, I heard some some rumblings before we started that that would not maybe go my way. But, uh, yeah. They got, yeah. Yeah, they got the nastiest counter to them in the game, probably. Luckily, luckily it's brand new, so nobody's playing those in person yet, right? So you yeah, don't have exactly. to worry too much about it. <laughs> I haven't run across it yet. They they shred, this list will shred like low model count, high toughness warbands all mm. day long. They, it, it, you're pretty good against the swarm warbands too, because your, your mass pistol fire will just kill like two or three models around and you have the huge activation advantage really early on. 
Um, your mortars can like sit back and get you activation advantage in round one with that long range and kill two chaff models sometimes with fight for profit. So yeah, I, I think it's a really good, well-rounded list in its core and you can play around with how you allocate it from there. Well, that's one list down. We got 15 or 16 more to go here overall across four events. Lists. Let's go. Good stuff, Fred. I like it. Second place, and we'll kind of start talking about how blessings, because we did allow flex blessings in our tournament, um, and how blessings sort of affect how how some <clears throat> how some of the war bands play. So second, we had David taking second place as usual. This time, bringing is still taking Slaves to Darkness and bringing Double Varengard with Forged Blade, uh, a Dark Oath War Queen, and four Marauders with Flails. So committing 985 points, seven models. Primary use of the 15 points remaining was to take Dark Oath War Queen up to 24 wounds. That seems pretty sound use of those, those points for sure. She got that five toughness, so... She wants to kind of be swooping in, killing some chaff models and stuff like that. Yeah. Such a good value on on uh, a lot of bespoke leaders too. When blessings first came out, anything with like five T that was stuck at twenty wounds, like twenty wounds just disappears fast. Giving the extra four sometimes is a difference of going into round three or four, where typically it would just fall short. Yeah. And I think I think this is a great usage of points, and it makes her a little bit more of a scary tank when he's already got two mobile anvils coming in already that's pretty that's pretty clever a couple of speedy nasties running around the board big chunky yeah. ever boys what what i like about specifically putting on the war queen or putting your your extra wounds on your your 20 wound chaff killers is it is it's a whole nother crit they can survive from the units you're bringing them in to fight like if, if you're going to use your dark with war queen to round up chaff models and and, and just butcher them down with those five attacks Four wounds is a lot. It's not like you're you're going up against like you're gonna put her in combat with like a gut lord or something where those four points are just gonna evaporate. Like that's a that's a full round of combat to survive against the chaff model. So I, I like that. Obviously, I was talking before the show how much I like Varen guards. Um, they're great. <laughs> I don't have any other thoughts. They're just super great. Uh, they're really fun to play with. They're really good at projecting force anywhere you want it across the board. So. You know, yeah, we kind of had a discussion on Discord a while back with with Salty, and he likes the War Queen now too. We've converted him; he's a believer. <laughs> Wait, but, been like we were kicking around like double War Queen lists like in early 2.0 when we were. But he likes her, but he likes her for the the ability where she can give a plus one attack bubble. Whereas by the Dark Gods. Yes, whereas we're just was the Champion of Darkness, the the Rampage on a triple, which I. David pulled that off twice versus me, I think. He managed to get a couple rampages, triple rampages off. Yeah, or, you, yeah, sound but, like you got buzzsawed. Like, you got, you got Fred <laughs> just blowing you up on a treasure mission. You got, you know, War Queen just chewing through you, poor guy. We'll cover my list next. I wasn't there to win it. I was, okay. no, I, I wasn't planning on playing, but we had to have an even number for Ron Robin. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the 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 thing. Obviously, of course, the list is going to be dice heavy with the two the two Varengards eventually. My favorite thing to do with Varengards is move them every round. Like move and pop relentless killers every round is zigzag across the board. That way, like you're getting your full value out of those points, right? Like once they stop moving, you're paying for that speed. 
but if you can zigzag them and take out targets of opportunity every turn. So you want like two decent doubles for them. And then obviously I like getting triples is hard, but yeah. That triple can sometimes turn that. If you use the charge, if you just want to clean something off the board while you're positioning as well, it can be really nice. If you just, you know, something's got, you know, five, six wounds left over. It's sometimes it's worth that triple because you're basically getting an action out of it instead of having to use an attack action. So it's just a nice flex piece to have for sure. Absolutely. And I harp on it like every time I'm on the episodes is like when you can get extra actions worth of mm-hmm. out of your dice, like that's what you want to be doing with your dice, mm-hmm. right? Is like getting actions out of it, which is why I like Marigard so much. They can get functionally a, a free action on a double with a decent double, like they get a free attack action out of the double. But yeah, that triple can turn into a free attack action or a free action very, very easily. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they tend to eat up a lot of dice, I guess, is my point. So you really sure. want to put your war queen in a position to like survive without being babysat with dice if you have to. And I think that you usually can if you put her up against the right models. That's a good attack profile. When you got two Vanguard, you're picking your battles pretty easily in this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and you got your three inch range flails, right? So again, you're not you're you're pretty flexible on the board where you want to put stuff and how you want to fight. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And then also if you if you if even if the war queen does get in trouble. Or any of the pieces get in trouble, you can just like start foregoing actions and just react for the the three heal. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's just so annoying, right? Like I just yep. got to finish the guy off, and like the Marauders have effective like six sixteen wounds. Yeah, right. it yep. it makes your 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 Baron guards really expensive. But I have a couple lists kicking around that's like Baron guard with the free reaction, and it just mm-hmm. like every time every turn just gain three wounds, and then just like be completely unkillable with six toughness, thirty wounds, and gain three every time you're attacked but it's obviously that's you're turning it no one would attempt to kill it at that point right they would just be like (laughs) just let it do whatever yeah i think one of the best things about it too a lot of people complain about calvary's base how it's like a big base on a more crowded board it's a little tougher but having that big base i think really really stops charge lanes by the enemy or by your opponent it stops people being able to go where they want you can kind of effectively project and clog up the board so you control more than just pumping them there and then like you guys were talking about before on the triple if he's just zipping around all of a sudden they had an area to go to now they don't the the model's so flexible in what it does it's crazy yeah i agree i agree the trick is you gotta paint them you gotta paint all that chaos (laughs) yeah for sure Oh, bad. Especially when you have two of them on the list. I, like, just the idea of painting a second one just breaks Dave did it. <laughs> Dave did it. We got him that. They look nice. I got him that second one. He had that sucker painted in, like, a week. Yeah, they, they look nice. But... Props. Props to, to David, not only on the second place, but the second Vanguard being painted. Yes. <laughs> the real hero. I think that's the even more impressive <laughs> accomplishment. <laughs> right. So, then rounding it out. So, I played, I played Legionnaires. Just got a, I got a commission paint job back and wanted to play them. They look great. Don't have the, any pictures here for the for the cast, but I played the the basic mid range list that we saw at the beginning when they first got introduced. Had the leader, had the the mutant door, three horn helms with axe, and the centurion marshal as the as a big centerpiece. So it was it was fine. Horn helms with axe are great. Critten for six. Centurion marshal quad was kind of was kind of iffy there's a lot of text there but overall i had a good time played to a draw versus uh local legend death dealer dan yep. who who painted up uh black talons and there's some potential here 
so we kind of talked about Black Talons a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier in the cast as I'm kind of shuffling things around. And so we kind of talked about Black Talons earlier in the cast. And so the play style is kind of built around the five of them. And it's just essentially like all, you know, 285 points is sunk into, into Nave. And you have two other guys that are going to like just feed her activations. And it's just activation economy and you're living and dying by her, right? Six, five, two, four profile, seven inch movement. So she's going to get to where she needs to. The doubles to give her the bonus actions have a range. So you do have to kind of like position kind of carefully, but she was like super strong, pulled out a rampage on the last turn of the game. I was ahead on a Reaper type mission and a uh, rampage got Nave two kills to even out the game, forcing a tie. The archer is pretty good as well. The triple on the archer was super strong, kind of streaky, but uh, yeah. Again, five models is kind of a pain. The uh, the mage is kind of like the weak link there, I feel like. But overall, in terms of like how it's designed, I think it's pretty well designed in terms of like what they kind of intend to do, right? Hey, you had this badass hero and right, let's just feed her activations and just let her do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, sort of like the unmade, where it's like you get your your blissful one just kind of like moving across the board and, and slicing and dicing. I think Neve is really good, and I think I would cut every other model out and play in other models instead <laughs> is how I would build Black Talons. But, uh, I think you know... She- when you turn her into just an ally, I think not having the efficiency of the action economy boosting options for her, I think she really starts to fall behind. Like, I think I'd rather take an Akelian King if I'm just going to have one yeah. extra model because you get the fly on it. It's more, you know, it's it's a few more points and, you know, they're, it, they're not a one-to-one for sure. But I just feel like you can spike harder with the King. You can, he's a lot, he, he's a lot more mobile, not just the three inches, but having fly, you can really put him wherever. Five more wounds. I think he's only four toughness probably, but you do have the option of the two inch range which can be really nice. So, it, it, but like, not to say like, if, if you're going to have her as an ally, I think you just need something that can pop it, maybe a quest or something like that. I've seen p- people playing it in uh, the new Vulcan flame seekers just to be able to give her free moves and stuff like that too, which can be, which again, she, she's getting that economy out of dice somewhere. Yeah. I like the Kings a lot. You know, I mean, they're basically <laughs> like orders Baron guard, right? They have storm of blows and they're fast. Mm-hmm. And they do similar things well, but yeah, the, the mage was, that's a lot of points for just not a great model. I, I the archer is like is fine, but you need to spend dice on it, and the list is already really dice heavy. I, I don't know. And as far as your list goes, Warren, the number one thing, I, it's a beautiful model. I really like it, but I would probably replace the Centurion Marshal. I oh, I know. Or a Varengard, you know, brings a lot to the table. But I know you weren't building this one to be cutthroat competitive, so no. No, this is this is one of the several lists I have in or one of the several warbands I have in my collection that's just there for like, hey, this is a themed thing. I can play it versus newbies or have it for have it to lend out or something like that. Was it Warren, was it fun? Did you dark pack people? I don't know, I never dark packed it, no. No, uh, I got no, the spear, no, I got no. the spear off a couple times. I you know. played him wrong, man. You could have won. You, you just gotta be Yeah, for sure, man. Baby. You, you, 
when I talked when I shared the pics when I shared some of the pics on Discord, yeah, I, I got reminded of the Dark Pact meme. It's it's been a while. It's not a meme. It's out. real life. My dude ran three Decuriarchs in a list for utmost Dark Pacting. Shout out Tough Tootin Baby on Discord. Oh, what a legend. Goodness. Always Dark Jeez. Pacting all the time. <laughs> Doesn't even fear the D6 rollback. He's like, whatever. Dark Pact. I'm like, that's got 35 wounds. You just did three damage. He's like, it's worth it. Okay. One thing for for Dan's list, just with, with the Black Talents in general, I like the design idea behind, I think it's Shikana. She's the, the archer. I yep. really like that for making spike range damage. Obviously, Aether Cannons are like the, the gold standard for being able to project serious damage. I like having to spend more on it because I think there's times where those, like, I mean, everybody's in agreement. Aether Cannons are great, right? And they have the ability to get buffed. So I like that you kind of have to spend... Uh, a, a pretty sizable resource to get that impact. And I think she can be more impactful depending on what the, the value of the dice is, if I recall the ability correctly. But, yeah. you know, I, I just kind of like that. It kind of balances it out for me a little bit because I think you can you get into games that are fairly uninteractive when you're just, you know, just sweeping the board with, with these crazy high damage profiles. So having a bit more of a decision to make, I think is just a better and like healthier place maybe for the game to be. And, and then you really think about keeping her or not bringing her, right? You know, it... it kind of makes the, the internal synergy of the Black Talons a little more interesting to have to, to build around, which is, again, I, I play this game to make choices, and that's, I think, an interesting choice to make. So the one yeah. thing I also noticed, too, you have a 1,000 points for the five models. It's 980, and that leaves room for either two two crit buffs or putting the one strength on Shikana's bow. So if Shikana goes to shoot, she's going to more or less have a higher chance to guarantee that damage on an impactful or Lorelai, oh, whatever her name is, the elf, although she is the weakest model here, she is 3-7, she's 3 dice for a mage, 3 strength, 3-7 damage, you could bump her strength up and just clean chaff effectively off and just run mm -hmm. her for 5, so there is a little bit of flex in there, I do agree she's the weakest of the bunch, and to piggyback on what Mike was saying, she kind of having to have a high value triple lets you make better decisions in terms of what you're assigning your dice to. Otherwise you're going to what just spend the whole time feeding Hedrick, Rostis or Nave dice to move an attack where you can also just take something out. I think she's 15 inch range. So, Hey, that Aether cannon's looking pretty, pretty good over there. If I just sit there and pop a headshot and clean it off the table in one go, mm -hmm. uh, it is definitely, definitely a little bit more decision-making and I do like it. From a design standpoint, I don't disagree. From from a purely, if you were just looking to like absolutely min max your list, I'm going to take 70 points less for an Aether Cannon like 100% of the time, I think. But <laughs> I agree with you yeah. that it is a more interesting game piece in terms of competitiveness. I just feel like it's so streaky. Like high value triples plus that yeah. in a decent position at the right place, right time is like you feel like you just got completely blown. I mean, like you're just like, I can't believe how much damage I just took. Mm -hmm. Low value triple or a high value triple early in the game when you're not in your firing position. It just everything has to come together just right. But if it does, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna raise some eyebrows. People will be like, let me see that ability. I don't believe it. <laughs> The original sneaky stab from Blooms by yeah. Gets, the first time it happens to you, you're like, that cannot be what that says. Yeah. That's what is it? It's a uh, tearing yeah, bite. That's right. Yeah, tearing bite. Exactly. It's range, yeah. it's range tearing bite, which is yeah. bananas if you think yeah. about it. Yeah. 
Tearing bite is like insane, and the yeah. range tearing bite is is outrageous. So, but yeah, it, it comes on an expensive model that ha, you know doesn't do a ton without that triple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's its potential is always going to be sitting there. And again, fifteen inch range lets you do some some messed up things. I know I know Laura has the weakest profile, but I think that model might be my favorite out of the bunch. Just like that, the hovering, the floating it was, it looks so it was good. On the paint, it was a lot of fun. The paint. Yeah. Yeah, Puma, I agree. Breaks up the like we're just a bunch of people in big chunky mm-hmm. profile with the rest of the Warband. So next up, we can do a brief discussion of the Warhammer World tourney results. Keep in mind there's actually a great video that ITAN from Offman Amusings did and that covers this pretty well already. We're gonna cover the top eight or so. But before we get into that, just know that your the emissions were very, very elite heavy. They played Cursed Prize. That's the the new version from White Dwarf of the the relic that eats half your hit points every turn, half your wounds every turn. But then you get to like activate it. And also Brutal Conquest. We hadn't played that one, but that's the one that like obviously rewards like the biggest guy on the board. You have a chosen champion, and they rack up points. So the top performing list you're going to see is kind of reflected based on that mission selection. Yeah. Um... I've also played against the Demetrios in our league. He ran almost an identical list for the last league in November. There was a little bit more constraints on it because it was a specialized list building league. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty scary. If he starts rolling, it can start just coming down and avalanche you on any type of kill mission. We were doing a treasure mission when I faced him. And it's still, uh, it's still, it still gets in there and claps. He also painted them gorgeously. Yeah. yeah. On the train, so we, I think he painted it on the, on way the train. Too. Right. The man's a what? maniac, a delightful maniac. What? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah so got I got, I got, yeah, I got this picture uh, that came out. I think he got that after the event. Mm-hmm. The picture in the case was great looking too. So he ran uh, for 195, Protector Prime, Errant Quester with Grand Spear. 170 soul sworn night relictor and then three paladins with star soul maces so six models 995 points and obviously the the paladins with the star soul maces are your are the stars that show here one in every deployment group three five four eight profile and everything is kind of built around with the questers just getting them into combat between um between furious avengers and the questers like they're going to get into the fights they need to get into yeah, it's a list. It it surprisingly love. sneaks up on you. I love Paladins of Star Soul Maces. It's one of my favorite profiles in the entire game. It's just so efficient. Like, there's not a wasted point on that profile as far as like what you get for the points. All those points are packed in or right where you want them. Like, it's just maximum damage for the amount of points you're spending. Like, yeah, they're they're so. Oh, it, it gets better. It gets better. We'll see a couple lists that use them. So yeah, there's actually a handful of of warrior lists and and options here that we're gonna that we're gonna see repeated. We're gonna see a few more paladins, a couple other options as well. But uh, yeah, Protector Prime and the Quester with Grand Spear, a couple of range three guys to to give you a little bit of reach there. It's pretty neat. The Knight Relictor has a range attack as well. So besides the the heavy hitters, the, the close up heavy hitters, everyone else has the ability to kind of like reach out and touch somebody as well yeah and if you're not worried about controlling specifically controlling objectives 
range, move three, range three can mm. really sneak up on you if you're just not paying real close attention because so few models in the game have a profile like that. All of a sudden, you're getting poked by these models that do insane damage because, again, all their points are in that damage profile. And they they project force i played i haven't played against this list exactly but i played against the similar like warrior super heavy lists and it's really hard to keep your key pieces out of harm's way and you always feel like why can't i outmaneuver like these lists this list and it's like they just find a way to get that piece in and poke you and once they start hitting it's, it they they will catch up on that model count really mm -hmm. fast that's why I love playing those elite lists because you just, yeah, it, it doesn't look great when your opponent deploys 10 and you deploy six, but then all of a sudden, hey, let's start fighting. That sounds great yeah. to me. And then, yeah. you know, round two, I'm up a model on you out of nowhere. So, and yeah, just that it's crazy to me that like a model with a three inch move has a better threat range than a regular like four inch move, one inch range model. It's just, it's wild to, to see yeah. that kind of flip on its head. Six it, inch it, it, range for a three it just doesn't, It doesn't feel like that should be true. And you're like, yeah. my four inch move guy <laughs> should be out maneuvering you. And it's like, no, I just move up and poke you. And now you're dead. Mm -hmm. Plus um, the synergy with the free moves that they can give them in there. They're just like, what's, what are, what's happening? Some kind of angry beehive of paladins just zooming around. Yeah. Yeah. It was really shocking to me the first time it happened to me, like how, you have to play it smart, obviously. You can't lose a, a single model unexpectedly, right? If you're playing a six model list, you can't be like caught on aware, like, oops, I didn't realize I was leaving this, hanging this guy out here or whatever. You really got to marshal it. All your abilities have to go to get your guys in the right place at the right time. But yeah, really, really cool list. Yep. If I had one piece of criticism, it's, I, I love protectors. That's what kind of got me into Warrior Chamber as well. The strength four on protector prime that I guess strength strength four on all the protectors really you start to feel that versus certain matchups where you're hitting on fives that can be kind of rough yeah. you know having the strength fives and sixes and and again we'll see some other options here for leaders and and things you can take in warrior chamber to kind of get around that so instead of the protectors another another top contender for you know best leader in warrior chamber. Stormcast have so many leaders, right? You can always find a profile that you want somewhere in there. So, one thing that he was, I was talking to him about because he was asking me about, like, how do I play in the Hrothgorn if I counter him or appear about it? Like, this was during our league and, and preparation of it. He got, he was able to take his Night Relictor, which has the quad where he could just teleport paladin or whatever he wants around the board and then he just walks in and engages he told him he got it off stuck it on an actual rothgorn and just didn't let him react that way so not only do you have the doubles for the free movement from the quester not only do you have the furious avenger because like if you're playing a shooting army you're going to attack a couple ping a couple points of damage on there because you're not just going to let him walk at you for no reason then they're getting all these free moves and bonus economy and once they're there they're able to touch you from three away it it surprisingly has a lot more agility than you would think for what this is and the knight relictor being low-key a absolute star being able to throw hammers so you could range project i think it's move four instead of move three and being able to teleport any other piece here to where he needs it to be is actually pretty crazy and i think a lot of people just completely forget that he could teleport because he did it to me and i was like wait what <laughs> like you what 
and it yep. just happened. It's crazy. Any storm counts. Yeah. <clears throat> Except the only thing they don't technically have right now, it's come up a couple of times, is that teleport. It seems like it should work for, for Neve and the Black Talons, but technically uh, that isn't FAQ'd right now. Like when they changed the FAQ for that ability, they weren't included, obviously, because they weren't out yet. But yeah, anything else that's big and chunky, zip it around. Yeah. And, you know, you just happen to have access to Paladins, which are, <laughs> turns out, like, the perfect target. You couldn't ask for anything better. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Also, yeah, congrats, man. That was an was incredible, incredibly fun list it looked like to play and uh, won that tourney. It was a pretty big tourney, too, so congrats to Demetrios. Phylax on Discord. For sure. Dude's a great guy. So second place, 301. We have Sam Wheeler. And this is just straight one box Quest for Soul Sworn. He kept the, which one did he keep at home? He actually kept the Grand Spear at home, took everyone except the Grand Spear. So he kept, he took the Grand Hammer, Great Sword, Great Axe, Dueler, Net Relict, or Quester Prime. That's fun so that all of the Quester options were on the table in the final game then. All, all six ones you can have. That's funny. Yep. Not a lot to say about this one. Again, I think this kind of proves, well, at least the mission, based on the mission pack, I think that could, might have had something to do with it. But this kind of shows that, yeah, even even though you don't think that, you know, one box warbands are viable, like this is, you know, an example of where, yeah, here's a performance by one. Yeah, I I can definitely like picture a lot of mission types and and terrain combos that a list like this might potentially struggle with. But it's certainly going to excel in a lot of other ones. Like, man, I don't know. If once they wade in, like, if you're playing Plague Bearers and stuff, like, they're going to start chewing you up. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take you a lot of activations to bring any one of these models down. Like, that's going to be tough. Yep. And they're no sludges in combat. They got strength fives. Yeah. Guys that matter. Yeah, I mean, just, they are stormcast, so they do fall to the old uh, ye old roll a six, and it dies pretty quick. Yes. So I mean, they are tough. They are they are really there. So definitely, I'm interested to see what his path was to get there, because I believe when we're all excited to see the lists, and everyone was like, "Questers second place." <laughs> what? I thought they were trash. And it, the player apparently is a really good player. Mm -hmm. Guy was really really knowledgeable in what he has to do. And I agree with what Fred said. There's probably a lot of terrain and matchups for missions. Like in an objective, like a rumble pack, this would just disintegrate, right? You Six bodies, you can't cover that. Bad. You would have such a frustrating day. Like you would just feel like you were playing like a completely different game than other people. Right, right, right. You're playing checkers. Your opponent's just playing chess. You know, you're having happy meals. They're having filet mignon. Nothing's <laughs> going your way. Just so, hope I mean, you like, painted him well to try to win best painted that day. You're like, that's the only reason I brought him. <laughs> they are cool looking. So, I mean, it's cool to see this go. It's all action economy, just like the last list, right? And some good overall stats. We just have some money ball stats above average a little bit. And hopefully you don't get sixes rolled against you. And there you go. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Getting crit to death is is a real concern with only six, anyone with only six models. But Stormcast spend points on toughness and getting crit to death is is a real concern if you go up against especially lists with like high crit values like horns of a shut mm -hmm. like you could have a real bad time against flamethrowers with a list like this right like a couple of bad rolls and those five crit damage on those cheap models is going to chew you up but that's just that's the game we play it's it's mm -hmm. crit 
Also, shout out to Warren running the, the Curie arc. I heard Dark Pack goes right through that armor. Does, does, doesn't even <laughs> notice it. <laughs> Come on. Another, another run another one. Next event. Next event. If I'm calling it right now. If it's if it's not large enough and we need staff bot, that's who that's that's what we got. Dark pack bot. Just that's all it does. It's that's there. It. <laughs> that's it. Doubles on fives and sixes for days. <laughs> so moving it on here. I love this one. So we got Horns of Hashutes, played by Tobias Trendle. And this is a variation of of the of the list that we've seen before with blessings applied. Ruinator Alpha with heavy flail, plus one movement on it. That's um, really interesting because yeah, that Ruinator right. Alpha is not great. <laughs> <laughs> so spending points to like let's get him in combat faster is really interesting to me because it's like he is just a standard hero profile. Like he is, he's got too much range, which is fine. But yep. like it's not like you're like boy, I can't wait till he catches up to you. Then you'll see. Like I, I don't yep. know. I kind of wonder yeah, if he used it to keep him as more mobile because he's got that like the, the triple ability is really really cool that he has. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So like yeah. I wonder if maybe that was the intent was to and you got two inch range too, right? So you can kind of whack stuff that can't whack you efficiently back. So I think maybe I, I can I can see it working. I'm, I'm obviously came third place, right? At whatever whatever he had going on did something right, but yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah I, it's definitely like not it expected. And the thing is, it's like not like you could if you want to play horns and horns are really good you have to take the ruinator alpha like you don't have another leader option you have to take it it's fine like yeah. there's nothing wrong with it it's just not a real exciting model 20 wounds, it feels like attacks four four two four you wouldn't like as an ally unit you would never be like I, i'm slotting that guy right in he fills a need he's just a very generic right the ability's good but the profile's like eh. yeah look at the look what you get for 290 on that fomoroid crusher Mm-hmm. Yep. Plus one attack, four, six, four, eight profile. And then also you got so two demolishers with flame hurlers, five shatterers, nine models, nine her 95 points with that setup. And you can, you could do something different again with the blessings on the, on the alpha. You got room to put strength on them or something like that. Possibly if you feel you need a, a punchier one, I think. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just, it's a really, it was really surprising when I saw it, that that's what you want to do with your but, point. But, but using it, but like what Mike was saying, right? Using using as a move five utility piece, right? You have enough killing power. You have the Fomal Crusher, which is more than likely going to be the most dangerous guy on the board. You have the threat of triples to nuke chaff from two flame hurlers. And you can not to chaff either. Like, demolishing anything. anything. But yeah. 20, 20, 25 wounds or less, they're in real danger from a... Right. So you can afford... If you have a triple to spare or something like that, you can afford to use the Ruinator as just kind of a utility piece. Sure. So the the Ash Bomb is within six of the fighter. Putting him up to move five gives you like effectively 11 inches of projection to place that Ash Bomb yeah. on a move. And that's kind of wild. They think they're going to win a fight. They think they're going to gang up on you. All of a sudden, minus one to a bunch of stuff. Your boy's there sitting on the point. It's not a bad, not a I mean, bad call. You can you can swing at sixteen, yeah. right? You can double move, get that six inch yeah. range on it, and all of a sudden the, the fight on the other side of the board with your your shatters that are good good pieces to fight with, all of a sudden they're they're hitting like they normally hit, and your opponent is not swinging nearly as hard, which can really help. All right, they're struggling to kill fifty five point models. It's awesome. Yeah, and that's what shatters are good at, right? Like mm-hmm. they 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 punch above their fifty five points. I noticed I was going to say Warren, you put the the Ruinator Alpha and the FOMO on here, but 
Well, maybe the most important profile on this list is the five shatterers. They're really, really good. They 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 punch above their weight class. They're they're surprisingly tanky. They're just good models. This is I, I was playing yeah, it, a list. It, it is the gold standard by which chaff by which almost all chaff should be evaluated. Either that well that or move three, but in terms of a move four fighter, yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're for sure. like kind of built like a move three model. Um, mm-hmm. at 55 points, like, but they have move four. Like, it just almost feels like they should have move three, just looking at the points in the profile. And they have uh, two-inch range, right? So they've got a lot of six-inch threat range, which is they're just... Safe. They're safe. They're safe to just park. Mm-hmm. I played a list a lot like this with... I played the bad demolisher with, like, the... The, the trident or the bident? No, no, not the Runator, the, the mid Demolisher with the shield. Oh. Right. Oh, remember, the, remember the remember guys. the first list. Yeah, they're, yeah they're remember dumb, the first list. Right? But to make the points work, like this is before blessings, and we weren't. I was just playing. But the mm-hmm. list. Otherwise, I played the exact same list minus the blessings, and I had the the of uh, the mid range demolisher in there, and the list felt insane. And like this is obviously much better. Like get that trash like hundred and forty. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's the right. That's the lineage of this list is from I can't remember the the pilot, but from Kansas City. From the Kansas mm-hmm. City tournament, yeah. And the and crew get an extra shatterer in there, and then spend the the points on on blessings. Like the Fulmore Crusher, like we were talking about earlier. Like there's not a wasted point on that model. Like every single point goes into exactly what you want it to do. It's like mm-hmm. slightly faster and tankier than you would expect it to be. And then of course it just puts out damage like an ogre hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I've played. Gross. the fomos and and myrmidons lately with that extra attack and it's amazing the difference it makes like that because you can you can onslaught up to five dice and you're doing four eight damage like it's, it's like a monster yeah, yeah it's just so much more consistent yeah it, it feels like if you don't want to spend 500 points or more on a monster you can get that feeling by playing this formulary crusher right here <laughs> play like, two of them here <laughs> It's outrageous. Like the the profile is so good. Six toughness, thirty five wounds. That's mm-hmm. that's disgusting. Like that's that's outrageous. Yeah, so, that's a nasty list. And this, I mean, this is a, a interesting list because it could go to a lot of different tournaments, right? Like it's got some pretty good fighting potential, but it's also, I mean, this would probably be pretty decent. Not not as good in Rumble Pack, but yeah, still pretty significant in a mid range kind of like a more balanced tournament pack as well. This is just a good good take all comer style list, and obviously can smash in a smash pack too. Because you right. still get nine models, right? And your demolishers will will give you model advantage pretty early. If your opponent yep. tries to like push you on objectives early, your demolishers will show them that was probably a pretty bad idea. Mm-hmm. But then your shatterers will just outfight most of their chaff models. So yeah, yeah, I think I agree. It's just I'm, I, on my short list of, of best list in the game right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, horns, <laughs> horns are good. Confirmed. Yeah. Horns are very, very good. <laughs> FOMOs are good, confirmed. Yeah. Put both of those together. Yeah. I will say my one critique is you've got a list called Horns of Hushut, and you have something that does not have horns when you have an option to bring horns in the Myrmidon. The only critique I'll levy at this. Yeah, could have brought fair, more horns. A fair critique. A fair, a fair point. <laughs> he also could have saved the, no, he would have he would have been up to a thousand, even with the blessing. Come on, yep. what are we doing here? Big oh, yeah, points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's second room for it, yeah. So fourth place, we had Itan. He's done several videos talking about Wildercorps hunt, Wildercore hunters. 
And so here you guys list, he's got the Warden with the Grizzled Trailhound, Kalthia Zandire, an Arbalester with plus one strength, giving it a two, five, four, eight profile. Uh, four Trailblazers with twin crossbows, his pick for probably one of the best fighters in the, in the, in the faction, and a couple Trailhounds. Those are uh, yes, man. I, I helped test and <laughs> play hard. this list with him, and the I think the Wilder Corps are a very exciting faction because they pretty much were like, hey, what did we get wrong with Hunters of Huanchi, and what did we get wrong with Knight Shadow Stalkers? Let's to make it right, thing. put them in a package, and here you go. And there's some cool dudes in the forest. It's yep. awesome. It's a it's a great list. Uh, the Arbalester is a mini Hrothgorn, and if you don't respect it, especially with the extra Kalthia shot. You just get blasted from 20 inches away, so there's That's no safe crazy. deployment. And on top of that, the Trailblazers can use doubles to make each other fire, or they can use doubles to crit on fives. Like it's there's a lot of flexibility with like this mid-range aggression in terms of like fighting, fighting range, not so much point value. But it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy thing. The dogs can move and just kind of lock you down and just throw a 60-point model at you without concern. It's a really awesome list, and I love seeing an Arbalester with the strength up to five. It just absolutely blasts stuff. Mm-hmm. However, if you miss, though, or or it gets engaged and locked down, it's 190. It's almost a, a third of your list just kind of just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, three toughness, 12 wounds for almost 200 points is scary. you you got to you got to know what you're doing with it, how you're deploying it, keeping it clean so we can shoot but uh, 20 inch range is a lot on a warcry board you mm-hmm. really can't hide from it effectively once it gets in position and and like you were saying the very first thing i was gonna i said when i saw this list is like this is like the hunter's blanche like that i that i wanted right like yeah. this, this twin crossbow guys like i mean i was talking about how good pistols were um on arknots and it's like you know these are better i mean they're obviously much more expensive but that's a really good profile like eight inch range with no minimum range four mm-hmm. attack is is scary they will they will swarm you and you will go down to mass fire against those guys and again i'll you can check out offman amusings for his breakdown of it right he makes those direct comparisons to, to hunters of Wanchi and the, the pros and cons of each that sort of thing yeah Yep, completely the same reaction as the the hunters. So you're just, oh, you're trying to kill me. I I'm just not going to be there anymore. So like the arbalester, if it gets engaged, if somebody moves in, attacks it, you react, you move out. Sure, you lose a shot. You're going to have to do that anyway. You can't shoot that thing, but you can shoot anything else on the board. So not killing it in one go, even though it's only 12 wounds, not a ton of stuff can you know zoom in and just kill something with 12 wounds. So that their reaction can be incredibly effective. At I think it's one of the best defensive reactions that exists. Is a free oh, disengage. It's, it's like really it, it's similar it to like AO to do that. Like yep. and then you go for three. Yeah. It's like the, the slaves of darkness one. You can heal that three. Well, what if you just didn't take that three? What you know, what if you just kind of stretched it out by not letting you attack? Yeah, yep. really, really good ability. And you get more you get more mileage out of it on a 12 wound fighter as well. Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't do you any good if you die in one shot. Yep. Right. 12 is harder to, for sure, harder to get through. And just, I mean, just the positioning too, right? Like you've, you're, you're getting a counter action to your opponent's action. So you can put pieces in different places and on and off objectives, all that kind of stuff. But of course, Calvin's Vandire is nutty. Like just to finish that up, like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. 
how good Kalthia is. Her ability is good. She's just overall a well-rounded profile. I like this list a lot. This might be my favorite list that we've seen so far as far as something like I would enjoy playing probably. It's fun. Um, I really, I really like the look of it. There's a lot of back and forth between you and your opponent. It's like I come in, I hit, I disengage. Like knowing and really evaluating what you can do on your turn and their turn and how to prioritize. You're not always going to be double shooting. It's really, it's really a, a good thinking list that's engaging and rewards a good pilot. And I really like seeing that. It's not just big dumb guys running in and smashing. So it's cool. It's it looks like you have to play the list, right? Like it's not right, just you gotta a, think a little bit. Thing and right. yeah, you gotta you gotta be participating, which is always great. For sure. Although big dumb guys are great too. Oh, big well, dumb guys are fantastic. Going, I won't I won't tolerate, you know, really digging into those guys. Big dumb guys are awesome. Big dumb guys are the best. <laughs> Except for all the other stuff. Yeah, the other stuff's not as great. <laughs> big dumb guys first. So moving on it. At 2-0-2, we had Matthias Martel with the new cities of Sigmar. Kind of a mix of uh, the new models there. Got the Arch Knight, Sergeant at Arms, Cavalier, the Great Herald, Steel Helms. Now, I didn't go into too, a lot of detail here. Uh, do note that he did have an Executioner and a Blackguard in there that are technically not allowed because those have been put into a separate faction. But, well, yeah, I don't... Yeah, and I'm not sure this necessarily captures all the cool new stuff you can do with Castlelight hosts, but it does kind of showcase that okay, yeah, the, just the base profiles. There's there might there's probably something here. I like Steel Helms. I mean, like they're Steel Helms, I think are yeah, I think Steel Helms are great. Fantastic. The Herald, the Herald's unreal. Just the, the Herald is beyond good, dude. Everything in a six-inch team that has the the room arc just. Hey, go ahead, take a free move on a tree. Yeah, it's <laughs> you can move like seven models for a triple. It they have to move towards him, right? Uh, right, you still pass him up as long as it was towards him. Just has to be less than the distance away he was before. What's that, Fred? I was gonna say it costs soul black grave lords a quad for that, and only minions get it. Mm -hmm. Like they have to take a necromancer to even right, do that. which is duty and this guy yeah. is not even a hero and yeah. it's just a triple whatever value triple you want Kalthi mm -hmm. has to have a high triple to be good this guy just goes whatever triple ones let's just move everybody in position wherever I want just drag him into engagement for free like mm -hmm. it's wild if you actually know how to use it I do like this bold strategy of bringing we kind of read it's like hey I'll read half of the new update and bring some old living city stuff in or I'm sorry old elf stuff in it's cool I do think it reflects uh, the power of what's going to be there for things. Uh, the Battle Mage has a quad that buffs everything. However, the uh, the Arch Knight, as well as the Herald, can only affect Castellite. So they only affect Infaction, mm -hmm. which is super unique way of playing things. However, it does, you know, the Cavalier and the can get that free move off the herald so all of a sudden you're getting a free nine inch move across the board to lock something in place what if you gave a varen guard just a free 10 inch move right like just like go ahead cool <laughs> like it's it's awesome not as good as the varen guard obviously but the fact that the action economy is still there they also the only other faction with the arch knight or the marshal with the heirloom weapon that on a double gives an aoe onslaught previously it was a war chanta for iron jaws and that was 
fringe playable depending on the list. Yeah, the targets yeah. weren't really there. You could play it and like you might just roll dice and just out dice people, but this is on a 120 body. It looks like you put the four wounds on it to bring it up to 19 wounds and just for a double. It's also amazing model too, by the way. Oh, all the models are good. The the whole the whole faction was amazing. Yeah. Obviously, the big miss here is not having the ogre with the tower on its back. Like if you Huge could, miss, yeah. that, like that's that's just hemorrhaging value to not have that. Mm-hmm. Both both in looks and and play, right? But exactly. <laughs> that but, guy draws I mean, line of sight anywhere. Nobody yeah, hide from it. 20, 24 inch range, I right. think, on the guy in the tower, yeah. right? Just full on sniper mode. But I mean, clearly though, right? This is a brand new brand new faction. Again, a right. little, little funky just because of the two models in there. But what replace them with a couple more steel homes, something like that? And I think the list is still pretty effective. Yeah, um, yeah, but this was like steel homes, I think. Because you have five but like this was right after like this is you know a little while back now this is right after rules came out and already right. got a top five with it at a pretty big event right so clearly this faction's got some play to be 2-0 and 2 without even having the correct models implemented like he has to drop the executioner and blackguard but to just be like hey this is not even tuned this is not even heavy like we don't have the the big anchor piece for everything mm-hmm. we have enough of this stuff that's pretty awesome there's something yeah, to say that, and I mean, I hope the, I hope you know, nothing against Mateus, like he fixes it up a little bit, gets the legal list in, and he's cooking. I think the list is probably better with three steel helms in it. Oh yeah, playing just the with the synergy, the internal synergy, hundred percent. So, hey. so moving on. Yep, we have Iatan's friend Charles. With again, this is a, a list that Off Meta Musings had, had covered. Um, so and this painted. is in, yep. So this well, is well, you know well. you adding adding the Harothgorn Man Trapper package into into a Cordra Maw pack to get around the the beast restrictions there, um, and actually added and keep the model count up to still at a, a respectable six models here for the for the event. And then his the choice of gorger was so two gorgers with plus one crit damage, so it's a, a fairly cheap blessing to apply. I think it's only ten points. So if you have mm-hmm. ten points to spare, you can do something with that. And so yeah, I think we and clawback we clawback we we'll see oh, in a couple it. more lists. Clawback's already solidified itself as a solid ally to bring in. So great great model. But I kind of wanted to hear talk about. What you know? What the best choice of gorger is? Because now I've now that we've seen gorgers, gorgers with clubs. You can make an argument if you have the points for a gorger with great club with plus one attack. If you have blessings, I'm really torn as to like you know what what's the best loadout. And it, it probably the answer is probably it depends. But kind of want to hear your guys' takes. In a vacuum, if I have the points, I'm gonna probably take great clubs. Same. But I'm not gonna argue with anybody that likes the stock gorger. I think the one I would be least likely to take is probably the gorger with club, but I would I'd rank them great club, regular, and with club probably, depending on how your points work out. 
I think it kind of yep. might depend on your mission too, right? Or like your pack or something like that. And like you said, Warren, it depends. I think that's the hardest part. But I, I, I think I'd probably put him in the same way, Fred. It's just you, there's so much variability in what you're going to need. And like these these three models, these three profiles do such different things. You know, if you're going to be fighting a ton of chaff, the great club's probably not a great option. You're just not chucking enough dice to to be to be doing stuff. But, but as far as just wanting to bring it, you know, a nice couple of hammers, they're gonna they're gonna be the biggest things, nastiest things on the board, getting there, smashing holes and things. But yeah, if you're just trying to clean off a whole bunch of bodies you know the, the regular gorger being able to chuck so many dice is phenomenal i'm a big fan of the building towards your mission type like i mentioned before i agree with mike on that one i do think the great club if you have the points for it giving a plus one attack and just being like on a double it just zooms to you and starts swinging fantastic it's titan stats right there gorgers the regular one just four dice weight of dice right we discussed before sometimes just throwing more dice is good is pretty solid for their points again everything has a double and a charge i believe he just took this list just because the regular gorgers because it points fit for hrothgorn and friends and yeah hrothgorn is a list building restriction right he's he's expensive himself quiv the package is like 345 points like you're gonna have to make some concessions elsewhere in your list to, to fit that in there I really like Rothgorn, though, for what that's worth. It's, I mean, the this list with Rothgorn combined with the doubles for the for all the gorgers and stuff like that, you're you're putting damage wherever you want it, anywhere on the board. You got three models that can charge, uh, and you got a model that's shooting. Was it Rob? Is it ten inches or eight inches for or nine nine inches? Three to nine. Three to nine. So yeah, I mean, you're just you're exploding damage wherever you feel like putting it, which is which is really cool. Quiv obviously has the synergy for Hothgorn, um, to give him that that triple to to scoop him up, and and you got four models out of the six that can carry treasure. Sure, Quiv and Bushwhack, and maybe you don't want to be you know running around with them. They they might drop it in a hurry once the once the breeze starts blowing. But yeah, what, um, six mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's really interesting to put him. Hrothgorn in a list where you have projection other than himself. So you have projection in the form of charging through the gorgers. So you don't have to use the double to bank to see if you kill something. You don't need to make a triple for here you go, boss, for the extra shot. You could kind of just place them in fire and pick and choose to where you go a little bit more liberally. Uh, you do, however, risk not getting the most actions out of him. So two dice on the range shot can be a liability. However, it's 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 giving you two bad choices. Do I deal with the big mm-hmm. dummies coming in, charging me, and they're going to just slap me? Or do I somehow put myself onto Rothcorn to stop the firing so I can advance the way I want to play my game? It's cool. I really like it. And also, like you said, giving more treasure carriers for it is really good. It's cool to just to look. I, I don't think anybody brought monster killers, and I don't think anybody brought uh, the flame flame seekers uh, to the tournament. But we had Caesar Sigmar, Wildercor, Gorgers, all in the top. Was it six of a of a pretty big tournament? Really cool to see. Just the clearly they've they've figured out how to make new war bands interesting and well and you know go back another another release to have the quest stores in there too right like just so many newer war bands that are really showing out and doing really well in a pack is is exciting to see because it means that they're understanding the game that they're making even more so and making unique play styles that are viable right so moving on here <clears throat> seventh place we have a one box iron golems list just add foam crusher and it's that, uh, if you have yep. if you have the points, you're always going to enjoy adding a FOMO crusher. I love the aesthetic of Iron Golems. I think when I first saw Warcry, and I saw that like 
gladiatorial looking like cask on their head. Everything looked so sick about them. I'm so happy to see people take not just a counter control list and do pretty decently split even with them. It's really cool. Dominar super cool model. It's nothing exciting. It's it's like stock Warcry, right? There's nothing exciting. All your dice is going to be going into probably running your FOMO Crusher a little bit more or swinging a little bit more with them. The Ogre Breacher is just a, hey, mom, I got a discount Titan at home. Drillmaster, surprisingly awesome. Runs five, three-inch range, projecting eight on a team with also some other like things that are not very slow. Everything's like move four, I believe, except for Drillmaster and Crusher. So it's, yeah, it's Breacher's, cool. The Breacher's good. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing it. I think it's a cool take on an old favorite. It's like having that reimagined uh, classic banana split, but somebody added a little something better in there. The Fomeroid Crusher on your banana split. It, yeah, dumped it on top. I don't know how you guys have it. That's the only way I take it. <laughs> I don't know who is, I, I don't know where people are talking about. It might have been on Discord, right? But it's just like, yeah, chaos just in general. Like there is arguably no bad chaos factions because you could just, Add a Varengard and or a Crusher and make yourself viable. <laughs> There's your next challenge. I have it built. Oh, you just you gotta you just bring a you bring a Flylord and then you bring Bladeborn and allies. You just it's a it's yeah, technically yeah. Nurgle Mortals, but it's got one mortal model. Flylord is awesome. Don't give me Lord of Afflictions is my favorite unit in the entire game. But super uh, cool, dude. The problem is they just don't have enough points because their basic infantry is like 140 points or whatever and it's like no tough, chaff tough sledding no chaff i have a list that's like nothing but shields and like you just like try to march onto the objectives and counter people for the rest of the game but like i don't know what else you do with them but other than that chaos is hard to build a bad list for yeah because sure. i mean you can always put a former crusher in it you can always they have so many options like the allies and the leaders are so good all right rounding up the top eight we had War Games on Toast, <clears throat> and so he's done uh, videos talking about Gut Rippers as well. Oh, love Gut Rippers. Yep. So, again, he, so he likes the Bolt Boy boss, taking Torka Tough Skull and Shank. Torka we've seen a fair number of times, really solid profile for 125 points. Brute Boss with Boss Choppa, Clawback, again, two solid destruction allies we've seen in a number of lists. Fill it out with Gut Rippers, and you're good to go. Torka's a second net in that list too, right? You got yep. Shank with the net, and then Torka's tossing them, tossing them around. So, yep, it is uh, on a two-up net too. It's one of the better ones. And I was real high on the 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 Bolt Boy boss for a long time, and I kind of cooled off on it recently. But it's still good at what it does. If you're worried about trying to kill stuff like Rugits and, and stuff like that, it's it's a pretty good model to do that with. And then your gut rippers have how many wounds for 75 points? They have 15 wounds, I 15. think. 15. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot. And with the spears, they have two-inch range and 15 wounds. So they're hard to shift. Great core of a warband. The thing I like about so, boy, boy, Bolt Boys is that you you really have it, – it's similar to Hrothgorn. You've got a difficult decision to make. Do you want to send something into it? And if you do that, you know, if it's a chaff, it's probably the, – the, it's it's no slouch in uh, melee combat. But you have to allocate resources into it. 
otherwise if you ignore it it's just chucking a whole bunch of crazy damage out across the board wherever it wants so it really forces you know it, it again rob said it earlier it forces your opponent to make a, a decision of two things you don't want to do you know I, I think a lot of people feel that it does underperform but i think maybe it's because their expectations are that they're just going to purely get the damage out of it but if you play it as a flex piece where it's like okay i'm going to do the opposite of what my opponent wants to do to it it, it can be incredibly effective yeah, that that's exactly it. Is that like if if you right when they nerfed uh, the Thunderfist, it's like I was looking at lists that were kind of playing the Bolt Boy boss in that Thunderfist slot, and it is not the same. It's not going to give you the damage output of an old pre-nerf Thunderfist, right? Like it, that's not what you get. But it's also 170 points. You know, it's a pretty efficient shooting unit in a game where like high damage shooting is fairly expensive generally. So yeah, just a good efficient disruptive piece. It has two good modes too. Do you want to sit still, make an aim shot and snipe out a storm cast? Cause you're always going to be critting on fours. And then all of a sudden what you're putting 12 damage on something with 20 wounds that costed them just as much as you, if not more. And it's like one of their six pieces, or do you move, or do you fire two with venom encrusted, like venom encrusted weapons? So you have a two-five profile, I think, at that point. So they have a, a good flexibility, and they're really, really good. I just see a lot of people just sit there and fire and park them there and don't move them, and then you're not con like contributing to your own game plan. I like he has the brute boss in here to say, you know. I could deal with the hordes on points. If he has a points, it's just insurance. The clawback is also that extra piece of uh, ranged, uh, I'm sorry, melee projection. Yeah. So it's basically 10 more points than a mega boss that moves two more inches. The charge is five, not three. It has crazy engage range. That's got some good wounds. It's got some good strength, hits hard. It's just yeah, good I, like, I like the clawback a lot. It, 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 there's a lot of war bands that it just adds almost a completely new angle to if you don't have a lot of that explosive movement and projection in your war band it's a great thing to look at for that for really efficient point cost point for point charge is just so good like units that can charge are are, are that's a powerful ability it's one of the best abilities in the game for sure absolutely it's a, it's a build around ability yeah. name of the game is bonus bonus actions right anything yeah. that you bonus right? actions efficiency economy you're going to usually net tempo ahead on something and with something that's like as strong and as dangerous as that that's wild imagine if a mega boss had move five yeah charge. exactly that's what it is right it's on a, a profile like a lot of the charge units that we were playing with were things like the the chaos demon hounds and stuff it's like it that's like fine it's like it's a good ability on a decent profile, but it's not on a clawback profile. Like it's, it's not just that it can charge. It's that it can charge on such a good combat profile for that point cost. What else you got, Warren? Yes. Finally, an honorable mention. We have flesh eater courts with double Vargolf courtier with Ooh, blessing. And then the rest of the war band is just chaff, but buffed up to 12 wounds with wound blessings. Put the chef hat on for this list. This is oh. pure spice. Oh. <laughs> Tasty. Yeah, Vargo of Courtiers. I love Vargo of Courtiers. It's, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite units. I used to play a lot of Flesh Eater Courts. And it does a lot of things really well. It can, like, they were great. I bring them into, like, Soulboy Gravelords. 
and they would like move your units early and then you could put the dice into buffing its attack profile late and like they don't never ever die and but man they're expensive <laughs> and fitting two of them in a list like also buffed is is amazing and blessing them yeah there's yeah. so you go to go up to seven five. yeah you go up to seven five three five with uh terrifying frenzy yeah terrifying frenzy is so good terrifying and, yeah genuinely <laughs> there's a frenzy involved in it too it's pretty yeah. great <laughs> and of course duke's harriers love Duke, love some duke's harriers that's Rainbow. a spicy pick i appreciate when people go to the back catalogs of underworlds like models and they're just like you know what's great this move 10 who cares about it it's just going to sit on points it's going to be annoying it's going to go somewhere it needs to go i think it's brilliant i love the four wound increase on the ghouls baffling parlay makes them crazy survivable so now all of a sudden you got 12 wounds that's stripping a dice off you pretty good yeah it's, it's interesting for them because of baffling parlay because and so it's four of them with 15 points allocated to each of them you're you're dropping a model for it it's it, it's an interesting consideration to make do you want to try to make the individuals more longevitous or do you want that extra activation overall where you you've also still got that that reaction so it's it i'd have to really sit down and kind of think about what i'm doing with them if i to see if i love the the wounds versus just bringing extra extra model overall but it's a neat idea for sure haven't haven't seen anybody go that hard into all wounds on chaff no i, so, I like this so I like this a lot, right? Going from eight to 12 is like a 50% increase in your survivability. Right. Mm -hmm. and then, right. And then you're counter, like you don't even counter removing a dice to help increase that, right? If the, you have an unblessed FOMO or Myrmidon or like a Titan model with the traditional three dice, going down to two dice is brutal, especially if they just go <laughs> hit, they move and then go hit, hit. All of a sudden, they're, you're at, you know, they only do eight. You're still alive when you would have been dead. You're just eating up time and letting your courtiers move and adjust around the board. Now I did the quick the quick math for the very limited math that my smooth lizard brain can handle. <laughs> you have five models being blessed with wounds, right? That's what twenty wounds worth extra, where mm -hmm. one model would just be an extra eight wounds on there. On top yeah. of that, I I think it's with this setup. Points. Yeah, I think with the setup, it's kind of worth it. Unless you were like, the only way I would trade it out, at least for this mission pack, right? Unless we're doing rumble pack, then we're just jamming ghouls. We're playing ghouls.deck. So. Also, I will, I'll also attest to the, the efficacy of baffling parlay when war. I was going to, I was going to go there. <laughs> I was going to go there. Go ahead. It's, it's your story. Molog, Molog is easily baffled. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Molog swinging one dice into a ghoul. Eight, eight, two full attack. <laughs> Hello, ghoul. <laughs> You shall not pass. <laughs> it was a fun moment. Never forget it. It's terrible. <laughs> Disrespectful. So continue on. We do have a handful of uh, lists. We've got the top three from uh, Norcry as well. So here we have, we got KO again. So here we have the Endron Master making his appearance. We have, again, Strength Blessings on the Eater Cannons. I mixed this up. I absolutely did. <clears throat> it's all good. We'll forgive you. No worries. That's an interesting list. What do you what do you think about that, Fred, in terms of someone who's a KO player when you see like these style of KO lists that give like a heavy 
two melee hitters to kind of just get infused because you don't want to get tangled up, right? Like you're saying, because then your ether cannons are not doing the work it's supposed to. Also, yeah. your only FFP is an engine master who wants to stay back, but he wants to go in and fight. So he's waiting for them to come to him. What do you think about this? So, so I, I think that, and again, obviously the list did well and yeah, they're obviously very powerful models. The blood rack Medusa is a great model, but I, I'm personally of the opinion that Endron master is a trap model for the reason you just said, it's got to stay by the Aether cannons. If they want, if you want to get fight for profit on the Aether cannons, which means that if the game plan is going how you want, it is 140 points to just be a fight for profit, which you can get for as low as 90 points on a company captain. And if its melee profile is being used, then your Aether cannons aren't shooting or they're not getting fight for profit or they are, but they're, they are trying to get like in fight for profit, but shoot something else while they enter. It's a, it can be a mess. And I think that I like for very close, you have the points here to turn it into a Admiral, which can sit back and shoot with the Aether cannons and still fight decently in melee combat for, I think it's only five more points. I think I'm pretty confident Admiral's 145. You're 145, right. So um, if you want to have a good melee unit that's going to go, like, try to solo a different objective or or just be a forward piece to, to engage enemies or counter charge or whatever, Blood Rack Medusa is great for that. It's, it's a great thing, but the problem here is Blood Rack Medusa not only is a is a good fighter, but it has a really good triple. Mm -hmm. It's um, got two, and, I think. It's got it's got the net and it's got the was it bathed in blood? Yes, bathed in blood's a um, double, I think, right? Or is, the, is it, that the triple? I can't remember. Yeah, I got the one is, is obviously the stare, right? Blood Rack stare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. um, that's the triple. Two up, up net. Yeah. And like obviously, like the, the traditional use of blood rack Medusa, or like the, the the archetypal use, is you sit there and you net the unit, and then like it pokes it to death, like from two inches away when it can't move to engage it, and it moves seven. Like it's it's great, but if it rushes forward, it's not going to get support from the Aether cannons once it's actually tied stuff up in melee. And if you are taking it because it has good triples, like it's really competing with fight for profit. So. I think this is a list with a bunch of good units in it, except for the engine master, who I really don't like. <laughs> but but it, it's a little disjointed in, in, in its in plan. You know what the, I mean? The Medusa has that two-inch range, though, so you don't have to get tied up in into melee to, to leave the, the Aether Cannons free to shoot. You get you get a little less control of the board, obviously, because you can't force disengages and that kind of stuff from, from whatever you're fighting. So I think it's, you know, you, you got you to gotta be playing it right. You don't, you don't just want to charge that seven inches all the way in and get base-to-base -base with something. You, you want to be at that two-inch range, um, which, which, honestly, like, anytime I bring a ranged attack model for melee, I always basically want to be at that range anyway. I want right. to force you to come into me. So um, I can see can see that one working for sure. It's yeah, it's just it's an interesting piece because you're I'm, I'm thinking of comparing this 305 point blood rack compared to a, a Kelly and King. Yeah, and I it, think they a, serve two different purposes, though, where the Killian King is like a shock piece or just wants to go in, blow something up, move and go quickly. Mm -hmm. This can go in, 
the net's on a three up. If you roll two dice, you roll a six. It's value of dice. You get net and damage. Yes. And uh, really, good blood, really good. Really good. Yeah, it's a sick ability. So bathe in blood is what's awesome with this because it's the double that gives, yeah, if a there's double. a point of damage on there, it gives her an extra strength and attack characteristics for both attack activations. So you got a bunch of dudes just peppering with little shots. All of a sudden, she slithers up seven inches. You're at nine-inch range, and then you're going to six, five, three, five. That's kind of scary. And then you could just sit there and just slam something repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of it's kind of wild, and it's a flex utility. I kind of see what he's doing with it now, and I kind of appreciate it a little bit more. And you're not like you said, you don't have to get it stuck in. It's not that durable. It's four toughness mm-hmm. on thirty-five wounds that will go in a hurry against the right model. So so. Uh, I, I looking comparing like this list to my list like 275 points for the engine master with the original suit versus 305 for this blood rack medusa i could absolutely see the argument like hey if you're gonna spend 275 on that you could spend 305 on this and it's not going to be a huge detriment um I, I think that if you're going to use a big melee hitter it's got to be a two model for the reasons we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be more inclined to take an Achillean King because the Achillean King, you can move it around the board and support it with doubles. That this list doesn't really, that the KO doesn't have great use for doubles anyway, as opposed to the Bloodrack Medusa, which kind of wants, again, you know, it has use for doubles, but like you. It's a situational want, double, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a condition. Out. You need to get the damage mm-hmm. on there first. So the, the main thing I would do is is anytime you're looking at Engine Master, just like cut it and put in a um right. but other than that, yeah, it's again the 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 pistols are so good and Aether Cannon's so good that like you can surround it with a lot of different things and be successful. Right. Um, I think it's yeah, I think we're all of this like minutiae that we're breaking down. Turns out you can just bring KO and win. Doesn't matter what you bring, bring it completely. Yeah, it is. The faction's absurd. Choices Again, are relevant. They're great. Like deployment group wise, if you're kind of a little hamstrung because it's like you your engine master wants to be with both of your aether cannons. And that was the case oh. here. So yeah. then you have a blood rack Medusa and a whole bunch of pistols, which don't have fight for profit to support them. So it's like that leaves you with what? Blood rack Medusa and two pistols and then four pistols. Something and like that, yes. The blood rack Medusa and the pistols don't support each other well because the pistols are obviously very slow and want to sit back and shoot when the blood rack Medusa is fast. Maybe and you check then, an extra like, pistol in the engine master deployment though. I don't know if he did that one, but yeah, just an extra puppy there. Yeah, they that's probably that your four deployment. But then no, the, the he had is, he had engine master plus two cannons in the same deployment group. Okay, didn't didn't add the extra pistol to that one. And then like one of your deployment group is four pistols, which isn't horrible. But it's not like a real exciting deployment group either, right? Without well, like to back it up. Anecdotally, I, I just played uh, a game last week where I had a brute boss. I was in like narrative, so it's a little bit skewed, but it was pretty much one to one from what it would have been in a competitive game. I basically had a brute boss, and it was going straight into a full full crew of four four pistols, and they they gunned him down in like two well, rounds. So well, lots of shots. That, they will. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it, it's true. But I don't know. It just the deployment groups are kind of interesting with this. I guess I just like more fight for profit. Is I guess what I'm really saying here but 
and it's it, this was uh this was uh salty's pack i think too so a pretty balanced pack between missions of treasure treasure scrapping and and objectives too so it's got it's got a good balance that you can fight where you need to it's it, it doesn't you know kind of expand all the way into any individual you know mission type but it's it's pretty good for a balanced balanced list so to kind of just talk one last thing about that real quick the one thing i do like about it is it takes the like you you look at fred's ko list you're like okay i gotta have a fast piece or further range projection to deal with him and i gotta get in there once i'm in there and burrowed in and i'm kind of tough he's got to disengage and sequence correctly to get the shots off but if you want to dive into those aether cannons the engine master will eat you up because on a double i think it does go up to like strength six or something with like four or five attacks something crazy and it can sit there and kind of protect itself so you don't have the static this is how we're going to play against ko type thing going on it's a completely different workaround so it probably throws people for a loop if they're not really into the game or if they're not well versed with the sense of the game so i think it's i think it's that's got definitely a strength to it in its own right Sure, absolutely. I, I agree with you there for sure. And again, it's just like once you have that background of like so many hyper efficient units and pistols and, and aether cannons that um, your opponent is under a lot of pressure to make correct decisions very early against KO because uh, you don't have the maneuver into a good melee first round that a lot of Warcry games like oh, I'm going to bank my wild dice and do deployment and maneuvering and it's like KO's like I'm going to sit here and shoot right now like you're you're taking damage right this second so yeah Ender Master is is a scary melee piece I mean you could build a list with like spears and Ender Masters right like that's yeah, for sure you could very easily do with with KO and it'd be very throw good. Calthea in there let's go yeah that's a that's like probably very competitive list too and it's completely different that's how good this faction is yeah they're awesome so back now to stormcast warriors we got paladins again what's what's scarier than paladins paladins with plus one attack yes and then here we also see the retributor prime the range one version of the of the of the paladin with the the big hammer so we've so it's a pretty good uh, leader piece as well. Its base cost is 180, so one of the cheapest leaders you can possibly get. A scary attack profile, putting plus one strength on it for 200 points, gives it a 4635 damage profile. Two Paladins with Star Soul Mace, plus one attack. He's taking the, the Starblood Stalkers package of Kixi Taka and three Skinks, and then also throwing in a company captain for good measure. That gets crazy with, I, I'm not sure what the deployments were, but I know two of the, it's Autopodal and I think Talk are the two ranged guys for, for the Starblood Stalkers. And I don't know if they're in the same deployment, but giving them extra dice because they crit real heavy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it gets yep. wild. It's, uh, that's why Kixi Taka is such a good ally. Yeah, I do know Kixi Taka and Company Captain were together. I don't think Talk and Autopodal were with them. You couldn't get well, the so two of them together. Get that range that, that that wizard attack. Get a get extra dice on that. I mean, you're so you're chucking what three? Yeah, that's three the, dice. Right. that's the combo yeah. there, right? Company captain with fight for profit on Kixi Taka turns him into a four three three six. Is he he starts at three normally? No, that would be the fully buffed oh, fully buffed. Yeah, got it, got it. Cool. He's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys it. range profile down there, right? Yeah. Yep. So two three three six. I oh, wouldn't yeah. worry about, but 
if you're rolling four dice now, now you're going to be spiking some. Mm -hmm. And Kixie's got the good synergy, that nine inch bubble to pop. You get a, what, plus one move, plus one toughness. So yeah, that's a big <laughs> radius. That's a big <laughs> radius. That will affect other point point. Groups. But the movements could be very, very good. Yeah, you put them up to fours and then they're tough seven as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, Chimera's hitting on fives. Nice four <laughs> across you know? Yeah, this is, yeah. A, this is a really neat list. Yeah, and then really the synergy solid. with, with what Starblood Stalkers brings, especially to these kind of more elite style lists, they bring the bodies, which you're obviously looking for. Kixie's bringing a buff that you almost always want. Plus, there's three models that can bring in these excellent range attacks that they can just kind of sit. They move on to an objective, they double shoot, basically, whenever you possibly can. And they're, again, they're, they're crit fishing, but when they, <laughs> when they catch something, when they catch those fish, they are, they're going nuts. Yeah. Let's dive into this list. Wow. I Finally, it. we have just just Soulblight Grave Lords, Skeleton Spam, Grave Guard, Grave Guard equivalent with the, the Sons of Elmorn, the whole crew there, Necromancer, Seneschal, Skeleton Champion, three skeletons with Ancient Blade, a random Grave Guard with Sword and Shield for good measure. Um, yeah, so we haven't seen a lot of Soulblight Grave Lords. You know, the, the UK event did not have a lot of Soulblight Grave Lords events. Or a lot of Soul Black Grave Lords top in the uh, top in the standings there, but yes, Soul Black Grave Lords is still a thing. It's still real and still very much out there. This is this is the opposite of a beginner list. You got ten completely unique profiles to yes, play yeah. here. I ran, a, I almost ran out of room. So, so a couple of the the first things is obviously the Sons of Elmore is a really interesting box. Did they have they fixed this yet, or is they still? Nope, still resentful. Still the resentful. Good, the yep. good news. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're for the for their basically the grave guard coming back on ten wounds. Yeah, and the the question with that is okay. So you take the those guys, Marshall, Helmar, and Thane. But the question is always, do you take Sir Jedrick Falseborn? Right, like one hundred and fifty points is kind of a lot. He's such a tank, though. It's like, what, 35, yeah. 30 or 35 wounds, five yeah. toughness. Outrageously tanky. He's and just of course, so hard to leave, but he is a. it's a real consideration. Because, like, you can get, like, two more Grave Guards, like, plus for mm -hmm. that, which is not bad. And then, of course, you have his ability to keep – King Morlock Velmorn up, like keep your your White King on White King on foot equivalent, and then like Sir Jedborn, Sir Jedrin will never die, and so then <laughs> King Velmorn will never die. And the sibling rivalry is a really yeah. good ability. So good. So and you can yeah. you can pop it two two times in a list like this, right? Because you've got two of the brothers in there, so easily. Yeah. Yep. So I don't like necromancers a ton, but you know, hey, who am I to judge? It's a necessary evil for the list. Yeah, I guess like points wise, you can't really get another decent leader in there without you could use. He's ten points short of White King on foot. Yeah, I was going to say right. That's the other the other thing you could do. But so you, you could, could drop a seneschal like down and then go up and still get a grave guard. Yeah, that's what I, I was. Yeah, the Seneschal like is sucking up a fair amount of points here. Um, it's a, I mean, it gives you another option for is it is the Seneschal a hero? Yes. No. Is it? Oh wait. Yeah, I think he is. 
So you get, so you've got three. I mean, I'm guessing they're all deployed in different groups. So you've got three different spots to res, which is probably what the intent was. I would guess based on yeah. that, because yeah. like you could drop necromancy, then you've got 150 points to deal with. So you can do what two skeletons and, uh, or sorry, a skeleton and two graveguard if you just want bodies as well. But yeah, having, I, I never mind if it's a utility piece. I always like having a ranged attack, so I don't have to send them in there and wait for them to die. Yeah, not arguing that a necromancer is one of your best options in this, but it, it does have a you know it's, it's yeah. got some redeeming qualities to, to dance, go with some dance macabre is also good you know yeah like if you ever spike it it's insane right yeah. like you you don't have to like build around it but like the game you do spike it your opponent's gonna like it's it's very frustrating to get crushed by dance macabre mm-hmm. uh seneschal is not a hero okay, okay. it's, it's just another champion? embarrassment of riches for skeletons yep is skeleton champion a, a hero then no no, no. No, it's just a champion. It's only two. So you could you could make that change. I think drop the Skeletal down to. Yeah, you could do a lot. Uh, you got a million combinations. Yes. But, but I mean, at its core, you you're bringing the best things, right? You got a grave guard. Well, you got a couple of different variations of grave guard. You got skeletons, and you got the the Velmorn crew, which is it's it's always going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, the Graveguard already, like, punch above their weight class, and the Velmorn Graveguard with doubles and stuff can punch way above their weight class. Right, and you bring them back, so you don't care if they get attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is the Graveguard, actually. They went the cheaper one. This is the one that doesn't have the as good attack profile. It's got the four toughness, I think, the sword and shield one, not the the two-handed one. I get, you yeah. only bring in one, so it's, yeah, it doesn't really, it's not like the list is built around. It doesn't have enough points. The the Mm two-handers Five points, so five yep. points short uh, of doing that. So, once you've decided you're taking like the full Velmorn, it does kind of like you have to kind of make some concessions elsewhere, right? Like that yeah. is a decent chunk of points you're committing to. Like the King Velmorn and Sir Jedrin is you know 310 points you're committing to that package, and then you have to make the points up elsewhere. The Gripguard with Sword and Shield are fine; they're still incredibly efficient units. They just don't have that burst damage potential. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it just shows the the consistency of of Soul Blight, though, right? You can, yeah. it's it's hard to build a bad list with them. It's easy to build a very good list with them. Uh, and but it, I mean, they're, they're also skill intensive, though, right? You can't just bring any list and be like, oh, I'm crushing you with Soul Blight. Like it's they, you got to be thinking and knowing what you're doing while you're playing with them because they've got a ton of different tricks and misplaying those tricks, you're gonna be behind wasting dice on stuff that you don't care about. Yeah, right. You have to target the Velmorn, which is untargetable if they use a double from Jedran. Mm-hmm. And then the Necromancer's way in the back, so if you can't pick mm-hmm. him out or project to get there, but good luck navigating through the cemetery of things that are in front mm-hmm. of you. It is skill-intensive in terms of sequencing and knowing your ability to get places and not be stuck and gunked up behind your own. Yep, position, I, sure. Right. I think when I first started playing competitive Warcraft, everyone's like, you can play Soul Blight. And I was like, first I was like, well, that sounds so cool. And then I played against it and got my back blown out by it. I think, I think, I think the the res mechanic just felt so bad to play against. But it's really oh. good competitively. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And then same thing with like Valmorn being like, well, we didn't get fact, so we're just bringing it back in full, guys. Yeah. And then we could also move bonus six inches with these dudes. And like, there's just so much there for them that lets them be awesome. That I'm like jealous. Like they have so many good things to choose from. And it's a good list, and I like seeing Valmorn in here, and I'm I'm happy the dude found success with something that's not as stereotypical as like a regular just mm-hmm. 65 point graveguard spam list. 
So that's kind of cool. I can't, uh, I'm not surprised that we don't see more Velmore. I just don't know if people didn't get the models for it. They're kind of. I think there's a big crew of people waiting for them to get a solo release. Right. Because um, I know they're like they're. I mean, they're great models. You know, for mm -hmm. for uh, Soulblight stuff. And yeah, I'm always surprised we don't see more of them in tournaments and stuff like that. Because they're they're clearly very good. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the it was brought up earlier. This is a great list for like setting those picket lines, where like if you get ahead early. Mm -hmm. in, about territory control or objectives it is very hard to come back against soul blight grave lords in an objective mission because you will not if, if you're looking at one of those typical like there are five objective points on the map right and they're spaced out in that that pattern you know four in the corners one in the middle by the time your guys have finished up securing the two in your deployment zone right. they are not getting across the board because right be every two inches there's a skeleton just spaced out that is going to engage you and then you're gonna either have to kill it or try to disengage around it and like the turn counter keeps ticking up and yep. it's so hard when, to get the middle of the board is just so congested and the ones that you already killed just get brought back on an objective that they need to contest now right like you had to fight to get your objectives and then all of a sudden the things that you already killed they're just applying themselves in a completely yeah. different place that you have like, right. they basically teleported across yep a diagonal long diagonal corner of the board for free yeah and on this new objective now that is taking you three turns to get to because mm -hmm. you've had to fight through the skeletons in the middle of the board and now there are five skeletons on the objective you're trying to contest that you've mm -hmm. been killing it's 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 tough <laughs> it's flame tough. hurlers that's the yeah. that's if you're, if you're planning on fighting a whole a whole bunch of soul blight bring some flame hurlers bring and horns and just start burning baby Henrik iron hail and flame hurlers yep baby. yeah yeah <laughs> that's it you could actually bundle them together for this matchup. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. <clears throat> All right. So here's what we got. One sec here. Where you go, Fred. We got three more lists. Warren. Yeah. It's 320. Nice to, nice to get to meet you, Fred. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good times. I can, I would talk about lists all day if I had more time. Right. But, uh, <laughs> Fred, I'm it. always on it. Discord. If you want to learn some TTS, let's hop on, get some games in, man. All right. Sounds good. That sounds good. We'll do that. You got Peter to do it too. So, you know, you guys yeah, can have, got a, Peter have a rematch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm 1 0 and 1 lifetime. So, <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you guys later. later have a good man. day, man. Getting right back to it. We lost Fred, but we got. One more event to cover here. We had the November Tabletop Simulator League, and hey, sure enough, we got the we got the champion for November on <laughs> playing a uh, cruel boy monster killers. And so, and you actually you cover did you cover this list? You went on off meta musings a couple times now, I think. Well, my second time, yeah. So, and I think you you I know you covered a lot of the abilities in that video, but anything. Anything to to kind of double back on for for monster killers with with this list? Yeah, so I mean that was more of a if you want to check out more of my thoughts on that, you check out off meta screw boys monster killers. We like break down all the profiles and everything individually and kind of discuss that. This list was in like a list building confinement of what we were in in the league, so I didn't have access to certain factions. Like I couldn't take a mega boss. I couldn't take a, I could take one brute boss if I wanted to, uh, but I chose to take the Brugit and the Clawback and keep that as a deployment with something. Basically, everything here is a 
six inch aura of like I could possibly net you. So when I did face against the the Demetrios and his list, he would go to move things and then I'd roll lucky. I'd roll the one third chance, net it. All of a sudden his damage is just stopped and I can harass and pepper you with pretty much gambling abilities that involve dice, dice value. It's really fun. It's really interesting. When they win, it feels like this excellent surgical execution of decisions. When they roll bad and they don't gamble well, then it they just get blown up. The monkey, as you see here, that profile, I don't even I have four of them. I have zero built because they're horrible looking models. Playing <laughs> You're them. You're wrong. I'm gonna disagree, but go on. Oh, it's cool. Some of us have <laughs> some of us have feelings, and you just heard all of mine. But, no, that's okay. Yeah. Some of us have eyes, and I just salty. Use my eyes. I, I know salty likes the monkeys, and you're much so more he, of you're much more of an advocate of the clutcher grot. Right. When well, and we're gonna get to the clutcher grot and his holiness of of absolutely effing everything over. The salty did kind of convince me to try one hala. He's like, try it out. You haven't tried him yet. I'm like, you know what? That's right. I can't I can't knock until you try it. Right, Warren. And pretty much. It just hunted down ranged pieces. I put it on top of the arbalester. I put it on top of things oh, that were yum. being disruptive, and it could never get away from it because it's you know he's moving three, he disengages. I just follow right back up. It's really an awesome piece in terms of like throwing five dice at something if I'm not gonna get countered, which I could. But I have 18 wounds that kind of protect that speed at that pricing. Two four profile, pretty awesome. It's just it it never felt bad. And it was just quick enough to harass or be in there. It was pretty sick. And same thing with like the next slices with the harpoon. Rip it out. It's devastating. Rip it out. Absolutely murders things. The bone hacker saw him up. Bypasses the defenses of Stormcast and big tough guys. However, I didn't even talk about the beast knob. It's just a good beast spoke leader. It's a better Askergan exemplar. The Clutcher Grots, otherwise known as MVPs, right? <laughs> 60 points. Six wounds, four toughness. Why is it good, you may ask? Well, I put it there in its tiny little base. It sits there. It says, you walk in, you're going to take two damage minimum. Who cares? It's just two damage. Okay, walk again. You might get netted, or if you close the distance, you might just take four damage. If you did engage me, you took four damage. I counter. Maybe you take another three damage. All of a sudden, your Stormcast down to 13 from attacking a Clutcher Grot. They've served, they've been nothing but excellent, and people just always target them right off the bat like let's just get it out of the way it's surprisingly pretty awesome for a little model and if they're in cover it's five toughness on them so like you don't want to waste your time trying to kill five toughness 60 point model they're really excellent and they just they just act as reaction batteries and yeah two damage whatever give or take it's the mental threat of if i walk in what if i get netted whole turn's done i got these movement three guys they can't finish within one move of them get netted I had a game in real life last week against our boy Kyle, which you'll see later on this list. He climbed deadly terrain because it's the only way he could get to me. Takes D6 damage, takes six, right? He gets right up two inches over next to me to make an attack. I make my reaction. He takes four damage. That's 10 damage just moving towards me on 12 wound model. Like it's absolutely a tax. And if you're making all that effort to kill it and you don't kill it, it's bad. All I'm going to say is stocks are up for this guy. 
if you're boys. if you're gonna be playing into a a range war band, probably consider not bringing a ton of them because they're just gonna no. get sniped pretty much much more. Easy. They're gonna I, just get crit out, but like right, and that's that's where they they suck. And but you know what, dude, I, I take two maybe max on my list. I would never spam them as like reaction batteries. <laughs> Definitely list dependent. You can't get much more than eight models in this. And I think the only other variants I play instead of a clawback brugit, I do like brute boss with an art boy boss. And instead of the Hala, I drop it down for a Flaga. And it's it's pretty, it's just a good list. It's a lot of fun. It's a box. This is a box right here with two allies. And it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. It's a, it's very skill intensive, very reaction intensive. But it's a, it's a good time. The the whole Warband kind of feels like Warcry playing craps, right? You're just, you're, yeah. it's so much yeah. like, it's so many fun, risky plays that you're taking. You can't, no, nothing's necessarily reliable, but I no. think that's a, it's, if you enjoy rolling dice and seeing what happens, I think it's a super fun list to play. And like, they can, when they spike, I think they have, they can beat any list when they're spiking. If they're, yeah. if they're, if you're sawing something up and you get that really good straight, like, guess what? That, whatever you're fighting is in deep trouble now from a, what, 100, 120 point model that just chucked a triple at you so yeah very i think they were very clear play style of what they want to be doing and and that play style is fun <laughs> yeah it's yeah. just gambling it's a gambler's paradise exactly and I rec- if anybody wants to play it for fun like it could be frustrating you could absolutely do nothing miss all your abilities and you're like what did i do but uh, with good positioning and a little bit of luck like you've i sought up an annie prime for 12 like destroying it in one <laughs> go <laughs> like it's whoever points gone Whoever brings Crowboy Moscow's to Atlantic City Open gets gets a bonus prize for bringing the gambling list to the gambler's paradise out there. Pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, this from big picture, right? So we wound up having to not talk about all the new previews from the month of November due to time. But, you know, Salty did say something on Discord, like out of like nine new factions that got introduced in the, like the last two or three months, like six or seven of them i I can't remember his count i think he he thinks yeah he said six six out of those nine were well designed i i think it's maybe closer to seven but the 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 point that i the point is and this kind of goes along with the whole year in review talk we'll have to to finish this out is that lately even though we, we actually have gotten just a lot of content lately and it's actually been all fairly well designed yeah uh you know cohesive content. new design space content so i mean and like new ideas too not just re- yeah. rehashing like stuff that we've seen a ton of times well there's a lot of risk in the design space but it's all been paying off in spades it's been yep. really cool yeah because sure. we talked about we talked about a couple of different monster killers lists cities of sigmar we didn't even cover vulcan flame seekers on this one but yeah it's just yeah, it's a, it's a, an exciting time from coming from dead game to this. What a what a couple of months we've had. Back to right. life, baby. We got fully rezzed. We're yeah, we're a Velmore and Graveguard. Back to ten wounds. Yep. So here we have again. We got the reappearance of the Retributor Prime. Is that hundred eighty point ally in a the second place from Malakia? Uh, Annihilator Prime with Grand Hammer, and then filling the rest out with with Wildercore Hunters. Grizzle Trailhound, Arbalester, of course, and five Trailhounds. 
I think you know, Rob really and I both cool? played against this list in the yeah. in the league. I played yeah, every first on, was it a objective mission? That was tough, having a ton of dogs just whipping around. And I, I was playing with some pretty fragile, I was playing with Ephilim, True Blood, and a Myrmidon. So I had a lot of really fragile pieces to be able to contest objectives. I needed to keep those pieces alive. So I really had to go in hard to get after the Arbalester to start the game. And then it, it was it was a, it was a real tough matchup, especially against the, an opponent as skilled as Hell is. So yeah, it he he plays he plays bodies really well, and he deployed both of the big heavies with the Arbalester, and he would yeah. oftentimes castle them up with it. And then the nice thing with that Retributor Prime is he can get free moves if anything's taken. So if you attack, so if you move in, you use an action to move, you attack the Arbalester, you don't kill it, it gets a free disengage. Then when he activates whenever he wants, because the you know the nearest threat is already activated for that round, but the Retributor has a double that says, well, if you've got a friend that's been hurt nearby, just take a free move. So then all of a sudden, that boy just pops in on a double, starts chucking eight dice, strength five, three, five damage on you, a lot of stuff. And, and then you're engaged, so you can't chase the Arbalester oh. again. It's a really cool design. It was yeah, it, really, really cool Furious to see. Avengers works on any friendly model, not just friendly Stormcast Warrior. Yeah, any friendly okay. model. Nice. Yep. Yeah, it was a really, really clever design from from him. Way to recognize it. And yeah, I hate that he found it. Absolutely hated it, but it was cool to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I played him in, I think, the finals, I think was what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had the a treasure mission against him. So I had, he had five beasts. And it just kind of, once I know, I just kind of tickle out his stuff. Like I just removed the ones that can hold it. It wasn't a problem. He moved forward. And it was, we were playing the gambling game with Monster Killers. And my gambles paid off. And exactly. I was, yeah. It was, it was kind of br- it was brutal. It felt bad, but the Arbalester got tied up by the monkey. The five dogs are just like they just fly off the board and tangle <laughs> and congest the middle. But I had enough ways to just bonus remove stuff, so it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Plus the threat of a random kill command. Yeah, or, yeah, or the, that's the or, that's or the, the scary the, part. Not, not kill command. The whichever one does the triple kill. damage. Kill commands from WoW, but it's the same thing, and I appreciate that reference. It is, <laughs> it is 100% kill. It's awesome. It's fantastic, too, because it's got, there's no range on it, I think, right? It just has to no, be no range. Visible. dogs within, yeah, yeah, visible, and then it's it's dogs within range of a, an item. So, like, yeah, it, it's, there's so much flexibility with it. Yeah, there's, and he's such a, dude, dude's such a nice guy, such mm-hmm. a pleasant dude. He's been in all our leagues, such a skilled player. And it was a really cool, unique list for the list building. It was one of the first we one of the first World of Core lists that had happened, right? Like, because not a, hadn't seen yeah. a ton. I think this was. I think he'd made this before Itan had kind of really concocted his stuff before his video came out. So it was, yeah. And and I haven't seen anybody build like this with them since really either. You know, it's a, either you're focusing on the dogs or obviously the Arbalesters are in there, but you know, with the Calthias, all that kind of stuff. Nobody's really gone. Hey, let me castle up around my Arbalester yeah. and just continue to plank away all the way across the board. So yeah, really, yeah, right. really neat idea and well executed. Yep. Yeah, a lot of similarities between Retributor Prime, the Annihilator Prime with Grand Hammer as well. If you bless mm-hmm. the Retributor Prime, it's like a point of range off from having the same profile. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. And they're just, I mean, two-inch range again, when you're just trying to protect that Arbaluster, and and people are going to be throwing things at it, right? It's a risk that you have to take when you play against it a lot of the time. Again, especially in my game, I had a bunch of stuff that had like a six-wound, a ten, two ten-wound models, a 12-wound model. Like, if I just let it sit and shoot there, I was just going to lose half my yeah. list and not be able to contest objectives. So I had to make a play to, to do something about it. And then you've got a thing with a free move, and you got a thing with a two-inch range that are both going to be absolutely melting whatever you're throwing at them most of the time. So, yeah, it can 
get can get pretty crazy. He won initiative turn one and just set up his Arvalester and then just shot my Clutcher Grot right off the rip. Like, yeah. like okay, it was like crit hit, it's dead. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, Team Rocket. Then, like, then he, yeah, dude, I think went launched. <laughs> and then he targeted something else and only hit once, put four on it. And then we kind of just went from there. It's a, it's a very scary list in what it offers. I think uh, we were talking about it. I think you wanted to try the Trailhounds, the kill, but uh, almost decided that the crossbows are the a little bit slightly better route than the Trailhounds. But getting five Trailhounds for 300 is pretty prima. It's a pretty good deal. For objective yep. missions. For objective it's, missions, it's great. And it's not yeah, going too deep into like, like the Trailhound meme. Right, like, not going, right. Like, let's play 10. Well, Toast, Toast right now, to his credit, is playing uh, in the, the TTS league at the moment. He's playing a list with nine of them. He's playing a, we did a Christmas <laughs> game for the list. So, right? yep, got each reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. And then rounding out the top three, we had Kyle Knapp, also oh. known as Great White Nope. He's the, the resident expert on Royal Beast Flayers. Yes. And this is and this is a list that I think that he was advocating after Nova. Like if he would if he could run it back, this is what he would play. So he's got just one Flame Master down from two, abhorred Arch Regent, two Beast Flayer Barons up from one, and then seven Ghoul Trackers for a total of still a, a swarm list of eleven models, nine hundred ninety-five points. This is the equivalent of just like hitting a wasp nest, and then all of a sudden yep. you've got twelve models zooming all over the board. It's yep. so, pretty interesting because he doesn't have the recursion that Soul Blight has, so you have to be a little bit more careful. But mm-hmm. they have. Sound the hunt and pack tactics, right? Yep. But he uses the arch regent as like an anvil piece to just kind of heal and baffling parlay and execute little things. But if you watch him when he plays this list, he does a ton of waiting and then he measures where you're moving. So mm-hmm. he out activates you. Then all of a sudden he flies with the two barons, moves everything up, and then moves everything again. So you're getting these ghouls just ripping up the board on like mm-hmm. 10, sometimes. 11 inches off like them only having one activation left to move so like there's no safe spot and he just just clogs it up and then you'll kill one maybe if you don't kill it you kill or if you kill two you're lucky you kill one all of a sudden there's six guys next to you and then he's like okay pack tactics you for 12 Mm -hmm. and then you're just like whoa what's going on here it's really cool watching him play is really good it was the first time i learned a list to shut down hrothgorn list was this list and it was really awesome watching him work with it. Like, he really does a nice job with RBF, trying to put him on the map. I think he does a good job. Rob was like, to... like, was it Harold, where he's got the smile on his face, but he's dead inside as he watched Hrothgorn just get chunked down? <laughs> I know. I, I, it wasn't even chunked down. I didn't have any shots. Oh, he sure, engaged sure. everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's excellent. That's so good. So it was, it was, it's impressive. It's a cool list. A lot of skill to play. I want to see him take it. It's insane. The, the, it just is. your ability to get around the board and be where you need to be. Just, just wild. All right. So here we're going to close out some final discussion. Just final takeaways from 2023. Salty called this the year of the dwarf. Check out his awesome video. And it, all the, all the folks that we kind of shouted out, I'll have links to their videos as well. But here I'll kind of talk about my kind of initial takes for like, you know, what was this year? I kind of called this the year of the orc jokingly on the last episode because we kind of seen the rise of, you know, you know, we got monster killers, we had cruel boys and stuff like that. I think, the, you know, move three fighters are obviously a little bit more powerful and have shaped the year a little bit more. But, you know, I think you make an argument for this being year of the orc as well. Yeah, we blend them together. Year of the dorks. 
Yeah. Ooh. Dork year 2023. Oh, man. Big, big fat dork year. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So we had a, a decent amount of new content in 2023. We had quarterly boxes. We had just a whole lot of new releases here in the last part of the year. Unexpected new warbands. Like, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, right? But no one was expecting us to get, like, three new factions out of Cities of Sigmar yeah. with the re-release of the, of the AOS range. And, you know, it, you know, or our Knaves Black Talons, for yep. example. So, yeah, if you're, we, we didn't have enough time to cover all the new stuff, right? But the other content creators have been very, very busy making videos on everything new that's coming out, too. So check them all out. And then finally, and I, I last but absolutely not least, no one's kind of talked about this. We've talked about it here throughout this episode blessings the blessing rules came out in white dwarf this year and i think that is actually arguably the most impactful change made to the game i think i'd agree people love them yeah people love them it has so much more flexibility and building uh giving new life to models that maybe didn't have a great profile yeah there's it makes the strong thing stronger but i think they're universal i think the blessing rule is generally universally beloved across the community we ran Flexi Blessings. We've seen Flexi Blessings in a few other lists or in a few other tournaments previous as well. You get your thoughts on on Blessings as a whole and also like Flexi Blessings versus putting them in the, putting actually just dedicating them in your list. The One Bless Wonders. There's some lists that just will always have that one bless for that one particular unit. Like if you're playing Pock or Arvalester, you're always going to have the 15 points or plus one strength. That's rarely going to make it like anywhere else. But I love that there's flexible blessings for like, hey, I know what I'm going against the a bunch of chaff. I already have higher toughness. I need to protect myself against getting crit fished. Let's add four extra wounds. It adds such a beautiful depth to the game during list building, which was already pretty deep for us. And it allows smart players to kind of thrive and it allows players to kind of freely express and play and, and experiment and it just it's good for new and, and veteran players alike i think it's just i it's been a year of just an insane amount of surprises like getting blessings into i was like oh great one fact rampage change which was excellent for the game that's not all it, they did they also made sure did. that you 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 bared in mind that the ruler from crypt of blood was longer <laughs> than it should it was you know that three that millimeters longer three millimeters longer it changed the oh, game baby. baby don't we all wish we had Right. It makes a difference. And it's just been excellent, dude. We ended up getting like nine new things and we're still like, where's our points adjustments? Like, you know, no one's ever, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm never happy, but seriously. We, got, we got nether maze warbands. We didn't cover them, but nether, I mean, what, it was kind of a, kind of a anticlimactic, but uh, we got nether, we, yeah, but well, yeah, oh yeah. Hexbanes are super good. That's, yeah, a that's, that's a whole episode Order, by itself. That's a whole episode by itself. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, we got Hexbane, we got we got Nether Maze where we were we'd already sort of written off like, well, nope, there's just gonna be a gap in the in the underworld's history that we're never gonna see. And we got it. Like we did. They came sure. through. They listened. So write write those FAQs. If you want something in the game, reach out to them. They listen. We'll get it eventually, 2025. Oh baby, here they come. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, it, to reiterate, yeah, it, just to reiterate, Rob, too, like those. I think that, and and from what you said, Warren, I think blessings are the the 
essentially completely change the game in a way that even like a points update kind of can't because yeah. it gives you a, a whole bunch of flexible points updates it's not just one set of numbers that now we are we're trying to build around uh it's a completely flexible right <laughs> set of numbers where you can tweak anything up or down well you, you can tweak anything up and make it bigger to to really build the list the way that you want to and it it's it it really refreshed so much of the game for me because now you can, you know, the good factions are still good. Some of the not so good factions I think are better and can um, not necessarily reach the upper echelons of what the game's doing. But if you roll well in any tournament, you can win. So now you've got some more, more options for factions that can actually show up and have a chance to win a tournament. But it's just, it's so much more fun. They're just so much more fun to build with than just an right. arbitrary, you know, list of numbers that you, you had to kind of stick to before. So yeah, I would agree. I think as, as a amazing as 2023 was for all of the brand new things that we got i think that was the uh, sneaky most impactful thing that that we that came out of all of it for sure oh so, and tts um, league that was another oh baby oh baby oh baby coming up in 2024 this is just some of the events coming up in 2024 that that we'll be covering on this channel we get the majors obviously there could be some more potential tournaments in new jersey potentially Wisconsin or Minnesota as well. So keep in touch with in this chat with this channel. Again, this channel is becoming primarily a list review channel due to the amount of time we spend on it, which is which is which is fine, which is great. Uh, <clears throat> so stay in touch for that. Big stuff happened in 2024. Yeah, it's exciting. A lot of a lot of turnings coming. Yeah, that list is filled, and there's like a potential of three more in Jersey, like you mentioned. Like ACO is still going to get announced. Mm -hmm. We still have like more local stuff popping up, dude. That's awesome, dude. We're thriving. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to push people to try to get down to oh my goodness Gen Con. I know it didn't end up happening last year, but you know I think there's a, enough people nearby to to Gen Con to try to get attorney going for that one too. So, um, what state is that? Indiana. Oh, that's right. I think we talked Indianapolis. about Indianapolis. It's early August. Uh, mm -hmm. before we make champ plans for Gen Con, I'll just say this, I'm not, not, not giving any spoilers, but you want to keep your calendar open in the month of August mm -hmm. for Dayton. Trust mm -hmm. me on this one. Yep. No, no. I remember, I remember hearing something special going down in the OHIO state. So, and that kills me to say as a Michigan alumni. So, but no, no, for sure. <laughs> where's, where's that? No, yeah, Warren, for sure. That's actually, that's on my list of, of things to keep keep available. So yeah, that's a good point. I forgot that it kind of lines up with, uh, that might be a busy month trying to get to Nova and for, and are you, are you looking at doing earlier in the month? I know you kind of talked about it being the- I don't want to clash with Gen Con. Yeah. I, I do have to guarantee that. Okay. Is is, uh, is Jolly going to do Gen Con still? I don't know. After okay. it fizzled last year, I couldn't tell you. This brings us to a close for this episode of Dayton Warcry Club. We might go back if I can get you guys again, potentially to talk about the November stuff. But if not, you can catch us next month as we continue to do our tournament list coverage. In the meantime, you can always chat with us on the official Warcry Discord. Link in the description below. You can find me there as War Machine, signing off. And we also have... You can find me there as Girth Demon. You can find me there as Armor Enthusiast 7. And then also we got Fred Shred. Thanks for listening. I know. Come on, Fred. It's our first hey, meeting, Fred. You guys. Hello. Come on, Fred. You guys are the one. Hold on, hold. For the record.
you guys are the ones that spent 20 minutes talking about one KO list. Like, yeah, well, hey, list. fight for profit is good. In other news, water is wet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know okay. how to spell gross demon. I don't know how to spell <laughs> arm war. Everybody's <laughs> learning. I'm teaching people now. <laughs> that fancy French gentleman right next to the girthy guy. Try not, try not to butcher people's names. No, you. I think I did fine. well. I, I didn't, I didn't butcher Atan. No, that's <laughs> not, the, not since the first time. <laughs> yeah, learned my lesson. I, 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 I double checked myself before saying his name. For sure. All right. I make it on the fly, and I, yeah. And no, it's perfect. Sometimes I, sometimes even include your thing on there. Or sometimes I just, like, cut it out, and I just, just like, oh, it was never incorrect in the first place. <laughs> Perfect. The magic of being the editor. I'm never wrong. That's <laughs> true. That's a big fact. Uh, did, you know, did you know Santa Claus translates in Irish to Daddy December? Yes, I, I did see that. 